What up, though? It's your boy, KG Kevin Gill, and you got it locked in while being driven through the Spanish announce table. The Spanish announce table. Tom, it is episode 339 of the Spanish announce table. That's a lot of them. I, I, I lose track. I had to look it up before we started this uh, because I'm just so focused. I'm so excited about a guest we have on the show. We've got Kevin Gill. You know him from probably anything and everything. If you follow independent wrestling, if you follow the independent music scene, if you follow GCW, uh, we've got Kevin Gill on with us. Kevin, how are you? What an honor it is to be here. You know, I've seen so many people get driven through, mm. get thrown over, get uh, smashed mm. upon the Spanish announce table, but never did I dream that I would be a guest on yeah. the very dangerous, highly unstable, but highly entertaining Spanish announce table. Unstable Appreciate we it. are. That is that's not <laughs> wrong. Yeah. You know, we don't get any royalties either. Every time somebody's going through, we keep fighting and we're not. It'll happen voice. eventually. No, yeah. I know Booker T lost his Call of Duty case, but maybe that just means you guys are due for a win. Yeah, there you go. Yep, it's mm-hmm. it's ebbs and flows, and here comes our, our our come up here soon. Hey, before we get into our our interview, because I do want to talk about all the amazing things uh, that you're you're doing right now. I, I'm noticing your background. Uh, your background is super interesting. To the do you have is that Judge Judy? Oh yeah, right here. <laughs> that is so awesome. Holy, let's see if I can angle it a little. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I saw it the entire time when we were talking before we were recording. That is, you met. Ju- what right was that like? Sergeant Slaughter. Where <laughs> you go? Right, right. Where yeah, right, right in, bet- in between the Beastie Boys and Mick Foley. Right? That is um, awesome. I honestly, uh, Judge Judy, I have not yet had the pleasure of meeting, but I am such a fan of her uh, brand of jurisprudence that I did one time send her a very nice letter and care package of video games when I was in the video game industry. And she sent me back a very nice personalized order. That is awesome. By 10. <laughs> said, just... you know, even, even though she makes $900 million a year or whatever, she's still a woman of the people. Yeah. I like that. No, I, I, I love it. It's great. Like, working up some, you know what I mean? Playing some Call of Duty and just kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah ab- mm-hmm. absolutely. She's and it's like in a world where everything is like uh, not ruled by facts or people try to make feelings, you know, the most important thing rather than guidelines or rules or whatever. And they all have their place. But Ju- Judge Judy's just there to cut right through the bullshit. You know That's what right. I mean? I love it. That's right. Just and you know what's funny too is that her uh, her TV network, despite all her uh, glory and all the eyeballs she brings to the table, they recently dissed her, and then she walked out of her like you know deal so she's doing about to be doing new stuff but just always know that even when you're on the tier that judge judy's on someone somewhere isn't treating you right and that shit's fucked up and it needs mm-hmm. to stop not just for the judy's of the world but think of the trickle down effect mm-hmm. if they if they don't treat judy right at her job you know what i mean what does that leave for me <laughs> yeah for exactly. sure she can't get no respect yeah, right for sure yeah but hey, let's talk about some of your jobs. The one that uh, we actually just recently heard you on was a GCW pay-per-view. So GCW is just on a streak that I can't remember another independent promotion. Unlike maybe if you wanted to consider back in the late 90s, ECW an independent promotion, but they still had yeah. you know national um, recognition. But you guys, GCW, are on that same kind of wavelength. What is it like right now to get all of this mainstream attraction. Uh, you guys probably have the best storyline of the summer with Matt Cardona and Nick Gage. What's this all been like? It's, it's wild for me. Like uh, you can't see it here because of where the camera is, but right. What I'm looking at while I'm talking to you guys is a signed barely legal pay-per-view poster from the event I attended for ECW in 1997 in Philadelphia signed by Sabu and Taz 
And to the left of it is a Legends of Extreme art print signed by almost everyone that was in uh, ECW. ECW, to me, is, like you said, it's the revolutionary force. It changed the industry forever. You know, the industry that exists today uh, is beyond influenced by ECW. There's mm -hmm. no Monday Night Wars without ECW. You, you guys all know that. But then that spark of ECW, at some point, the spirit lives on forever. But the spark of it, you know, catching fire in the regular world in form of new content and stuff like that, that those days are unfortunately long gone. And there's been a million people that have tried and failed to create something as compelling. And I feel like Game Changer Wrestling has totally created something equally or arguably even more compelling than the wildly groundbreaking and revolutionary ECW. And to see it continue to grow and expand, and I, I think part of it is because I don't believe personally, from my experience, that the thought behind Game Changer Wrestling was to make something like ECW. The thought behind Game Changer Wrestling was how to make the most realistic, compelling, no bullshit with a uh, product that has the strongest connection to the people. And uh, I think that within that magic then bloomed what we have now. And what the ECW comparison that you made to GCW is one that I've made behind the scenes for a long time. And one that I'm seeing more and more fans and supporters and podcasters mention because to me, it, it's obvious as fuck. There's, there's game changer wrestling and there's everything else. And that's not just because I'm associated with them. I think those are like the facts. There's a lot of people that either are like kind of me too, like, Oh, we have GCW at home promotions. Mm -hmm. And then there's people that are just inspired by man. If GCW could reinvent themselves during a pandemic, uh, what could I do for my territory or how could I bring wrestling to my region? How can I support wrestling? There's a lot of good that comes with it. Not to mention, Look at now what's happening where guys like Chris Dickinson have been able to, while still keeping a foot in GCW, are now mainstays in, in New Japan. And we've seen all the guys go to AEW and even WWE. So that the GCW influence is just beginning to be felt, I feel like. And it's going to be felt for years to come, both from a, a, a top line product being produced, as well as all the people that have been through GCW and gone on to create more or create content elsewhere. Yeah, and it, and ECW as great as ECW was, and all the things ECW did, ECW never had an Effie, and Game Changer Wrestling has an Effie, and I think that uh, that could be the that could be a game changer. Yeah, I think uh, your promotion and all the things that are, are going on right now is outstanding. And where I wanted to get into the, to GCW a little bit is. You know, you mentioned Effie, you have Nick Gage. What is it like as far as the creative process to get the card together? Because you have so many talents that are, you know, uh, buzzworthy in the independent wrestling scene. There's Effie, there's Warhorse, there's Nick Gage, there's uh, Warner. They're, like, you guys have a good stable of people. So what is it like to say, like, we're going to Laramie, Wyoming this week. <laughs> What's the card look like there? And, and that's all the magic of, uh, of Brett Lauderdale, the, the kind of the, the booker, the mastermind behind GCW. And I think the question you ask is, is very valid because it's also the answer to why is there now a Jersey championship wrestling and why are these, why are there these new kind of affiliated companies around game changer wrestling? Because there's so much core talent, there's so much new talent that wants to come up as well. And then there's only, what eight or 10 or 11 <laughs> matches on a show, including a scramble. So there's always going to be, and that that's the balancing act is of the 12 people or 18 people that you're bringing into Laramie, who are they and why, 
as opposed to the Texas squad, as opposed to the Mexico squad, as opposed to the L.A. squad or the Chicago squad. It's it's crazy. But that, that's that's all on Brett kind of figuring out that that magical formula of like what is the right mix for the right town. And like you said, you have Nick Gage, you have Mance Warner, um, you have Effie. There's so many people, Joey Janela, mm-hmm. and they're all everyone's. And then, you know, guys like Jordan Oliver, there's people on the rise. There's. Uh, people like uh, Jack Cartwheel, like there's always new people debuting Juicy Finale, like they yeah. debut and they're instantly over and someone. It's not even like, sure, they paid their dues. They had to get to, to, to GCW. But once they show what they could do, there's no like, oh, you're too over. Let's slow you down for six months. It's you don't know how long anyone's going to be around. So just fucking let them do what they do, you know, which I think is a, a correlation between ECW and GCW as well which is that it's exactly that there's no one worried about match two stealing the night from match seven or don't do all your stuff because someone else will be get, get mad. It's literally go out and tear the fucking house down. You know what I mean? And it, it's kind of up to the people after you to top that. And that, that makes for a magical experience, I think on all sides. Well then as far as for you and these events, you know, you had mentioned that there's these up and coming guys that or and girls that come into the promotion and they're getting their foot in the door in GCW, but it's not as if you know, you can look at all this tape from like a WWE run that they had, you know, and things like that. Although you do bring in, you know, uh, the Ricky Mortons and Two Cold Scorpios obviously. Sure, but sure. how how do you prepare for a card that has Two Cold Scorpio, Jake Cargill, <laughs> like, you know, I mentioned all that talent, which is amazing just to structure the card. But for you as the announcer, how do you prepare and say, like, I don't want to go all, you know, nostalgic act with Two Cold Scorpio because he's in a match with Chris Dickinson and we got to tell the story. But I also, you know, there may be someone who loves Nick Gage who may not know of a Ricky Morton or, you know, Two Cold sure. And there's oh yeah that's the thing there's there's you always it's a very fine balancing act and if you follow the discourse on social media there's always going to be someone that's unhappy with how it's been done but you have to realize there's always a, a plethora of new eyeballs watching for the very first time they're mixed in with people that watch every show there's people that watch a few shows a year and you have to kind of streamline your thoughts to somehow be able to inform someone who's never seen it before while maintaining the interest of someone who watches it every uh, every week or every month. So, I mean, what I try to do to prepare, my favorite thing to do is to just talk to the talent uh, whenever, whenever possible. Uh, on occasion, there's stuff with uh, travel and scheduling and shit that makes it impossible. But most times I can get a few minutes with the talent themselves just to find out more so about, like, what are they all about right now? Like, what mm-hmm. is their vibe? What is their feeling? What does this mean to them? Uh, that mixed up with... Uh, a plethora of just kind of what they've been up to lately in wrestling, uh, a little, a few historical notes, uh, kind of just like a primer. Like if, if someone just appears on the screen and you're the viewer seeing them for the next time, like who is this person? Where are they? You know, the who, what, when, where, and why. Right. And just be able to paint a little picture of who they are. And uh, sometimes I have personal experiences with the talent from traveling or uh, adventures and et cetera. And those experiences can really give you a good, um, good insight into who that person is and then you can kind of run with it. There, there's some talent that love uh, when you take creative liberty, so to speak, in the in the commentary. Meaning, like someone like Schlack, I might think something about Schlack that's hor- horrifying or offensive or disgusting, and 
Schlack will want me to say that. And there's been times where I thought of things to say about Schlack and I'm like, ah, I, this is even too much. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to say it. And then afterwards, I would mention it to him and he'd be like, oh, no, you can you can say that. Please do it next time. You know what I mean? And it's it's all basically just kind of like that, that fine balance, because some people don't want you to take any liberties uh, creatively. You know what I mean? It's like what's there is what's there and what they do is what they do. And then you can go right to someone like a, a Schlack or an Effie or a Matt Justice that's just like, brother, like, I don't want to tell you anything because I just want to hear what you say. And and that that's a, a great um, it's an honor for me to, you know what I mean, to work with people like that who uh, I don't know, they feel like it they feel like it adds something to their match to have someone who's actually excited, actually passionate, actually cares and kind of being the eyes and ears of the crowd at home and, and reacting sincerely and, and organically. You know what I mean? So to answer the question, I like to just do a, a bit of research to find out the who's who and the what's what of each competitor. But uh, talking to them just even for a few minutes before the show really gives me a lot of um, a lot of just that like um, ability to really, really zoom in on, on who they are, what they're about, what the match is all about. Uh, hey, I'm back. Uh, yeah, hey. we, we discussed the technical difficulties and when you know. Yeah, it. Uh, they're very discreet, though. I wouldn't know if it wasn't for the little on-air identifier. It's bad juju to mention it, right? I think that's what did us in. Uh, <laughs> you never, you know, yeah, you never mentioned the gimmick. All right, so let's talk <laughs> about. It's not just. It's not even just pro wrestling that you've been involved in. You, I mean, you've been all over the independent music scene. This, I mean, where I first heard of you is through the Juggalo world, which. There's a bit of its own issues going about, sure. you know, uh, these days. But, I mean, I can't imagine, like, how did you, were you just one day sitting around, you know, a long time ago and being like, I'm just going to start going all over the planet and just find <laughs> concerts and wrestling shows and just, like, kick open doors because it's seemingly everywhere anytime I see you online. Oh, well, that, that's very nice, man. Uh, it's weird. Like, yeah, when I was, I think about it now, and I guess when I was a kid, those were the things that always uh, captivated me and moved me. It was in various order, wrestling, uh, video games, and music, you know what I mean? And uh, from just being a fan, you know, you could play them and then, you know, you could read about them and whatever, but then how, how can you go further? You know, with video games, I got uh, to go work in the music, uh, sorry, the video game industry for a whole bunch of years and, and work on tons of games. And that felt like the forbidden door, so to speak, right. to use wrestling lingo, because especially then I used to think like, man, I meet people from all these different walks of life and bands and artists and creators but i never met anyone from at that time from the video game industry um so I, I part of me feels like man i wonder if i had if i dreamt higher you know what i mean where where i would have ended up because all i cared about was video games music and wrestling and and particularly not like the um not to say that i didn't like the the big box products like wwe and wwf in its time and, and all that stuff i did but in a world of wwe e and wcw ECW was the shit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. in, in a world of Metallica, like sick of it all and, and New York hardcore, like that was the shit, you know what I mean? In video games, you know, you got down like, sure, Tomb Raider was all right, I guess, but Metal Slug was fucking art, you know? So uh, I just kind of just, I, I talk about this a lot sometimes on car rides and stuff, is the idea that there was things I was interested in, so I tried to uh, consume as much as I could uh, to learn about these things, to learn about the people who make them and how it happens and then try to learn enough that I could become a part of the process in, in some way. Like with bands, I would see bands that weren't getting an opportunity to play places. And I would think, well, why doesn't this band get to play places? And I would find out, well, they don't know how to 
get out there and send your tape to a fucking venue and then call the venue and follow up and do it again and things like that. So you'd start finding little inroads that that led to putting out records. You know what I mean? So putting out records kind of gave me a um, a foundation in life because it was like proof of concept in a way instead of like I like this and I like that. I still did. But now it was like, here's this record. Like this band went in a studio and then the masters got sent to a pressing plant and the shit got packaged up and it has, you know, logos and icons and it's advertised and I I fulfill it. You know what I mean? Like if you order it, you get it for me, wholesale retail. By doing that, that is essentially, you know, it's a complete business. It's production, it's marketing, it's branding, it's all of that. So doing, doing that and having something to show from my fandom and my support of what I liked led to me getting a look in the video game industry because I also had something to show. It's not just like, oh, this guy loves games. Like, yeah, right. I love video games. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so what? So does everyone. Right, right. But right, yeah. hey, this guy loves video games and he knows how to get shit done. On D- a, Here's a guy who has a DIY mentality. Let's plug him into a video game budget and get everything done for a third of the price that someone else would get it exactly done for. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. So they, they all kind of led... They led to each other. And I, I feel fortunate, you know what I mean, just to be able to always try to, to give back and to contribute whatever I can, but to learn from the people that did it before me or or blazed the trail or paved the way. And that's across announcers, re- uh, wrestlers, bands, all that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I've seen people, it was a very short story, a long, long time ago when I was a referee, uh, uh, a promoter had brought Raven to town, the famous wrestler yeah. Raven oh, from yeah, ECW. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I already knew Raven, but regardless of that fact, Raven was coming to town. So I went out of my way to, if Raven needs a ride to the hotel, I'll bring him to the hotel. Whatever Raven needs, I got him. And I remember like, a, so to speak, a 60 miler or a 40 miler, as they say, someone who's like a big deal, but never leaves there uh, a mm-hmm. short radius from their house. But they were kind of looked upon as a vet at the time. Mm-hmm. They were mocking me in front of everyone for like, Oh God, why would you want to be trapped in a car with Raven? That sounds like torture or whatever. And I'm just thinking like, how stupid must you be? Like I right. got to sit and listen to Raven. I mean, sure. We also watched like America's got talent or whatever. Cause he, lo- well, I think there was that show. One of those weird shows. He loves right, it. Right, right, right. But just getting his take on things, seeing things through his filter. Someone like him has so much to offer. Uh, the other night I got to have dinner with Ricky Morton in Laramie, Wyoming mm-hmm. with the whole, the whole team. But I ended up sitting right directly across from Ricky and it took them like over two hours for our food to come out, which is insane. And normally yeah. I'm, I'm an asshole about that stuff. I'd be all annoyed and whatever. That's, yeah, wrestlers but, don't take well to that. That's Yeah, I, I didn't give a fuck if the food ever came because right. I, I was just listening to right. Ricky talk. And mm-hmm. and that's that that's the gift. Like, in other words, if you're looking at things like, why would you want to be around that person that's been around longer than you? You're completely missing the point oh. of what this is. I would pay yeah. money. To be able to sit, people do pay money to people sit do. and be schooled or coached, or yeah. mm-hmm. you know what I mean. By people, by pay people money just to hang out with some uh. wrestlers. You know what I mean? Just to hang out with them, <laughs> or uh, look at their pictures online, or whatever. yeah. So, and a thing that sticks out, and I think that that undoubtedly probably helped you along the way, and it even comes across just when you speak here, is something that you've pushed out. You, I, you even kind of branded, even if you will, but I think you call it PMA. It's positive mental attitude. Tell us a little bit about that. Absolutely. I mean, PMA to me comes from the Bad Brains, again, bringing it back to hardcore punk rock music and stuff. The Bad Brains got it from an author named Napoleon Hill, who had put out a book like decades prior called uh, Think and Grow Rich. Mm. And it's just about and, and like you said, I've I've had it in my life without knowing what it was and then kind of fully understood it, because if you put positive energy into what you're doing 
and you have kind of a high standard. A high, I have a high standard myself, but if you put that positive energy into what you're doing, it's going to come back to you in some way, in some form. Like there's a lot of people that I've helped along the way or people that got to go other places or got to learn from it. And to me, especially in today's world, like I look at people on social media and these are people who are almost in the realm of what I'm talking about. Like people who are like, Oh, I'm a great artist or I'm a great photographer or an up and coming wrestler or a promoter. And they get so caught up in the clout chase of shitting on everyone and everything online. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always use the example, these kind of businesses, whether it's music wrestling or whatever, you have to be good. You have to be talented. But a part of it always comes down to is, do I want this person in a car with me for six mm-hmm. hours? Do I want to be in a room with this person all fucking day? And if there's a hundred people for the gig and you're a fucking asshole, you know what I'm saying? You might have a 99% chance of of not getting it. And I see so many people that close doors on their career and close doors on their ability to learn and grow from the people that are up the ladder from them. It doesn't mean those people are going to be up the ladder forever. But when I got started in video games at Rockstar Games, I got to one of the first guys I worked with was like a video game industry OG. Like he'd been there from the first video game system, not at Rockstar because it didn't exist, but in the industry. Yeah, yeah. Every I would work a 12 hour day and then if he was still there, I'd go sit in his office and we'd have a beer and I would just ask him questions that I thought of when I was a kid about uh, how did this work on Commodore 64 and what was this process? I wasn't kissing his ass. I just literally wanted to learn everything I could possibly do. And nowadays it seems like people will be more content to be like, oh, fuck that guy. He doesn't know shit, blah, blah, blah. And it's like he may not know everything, but he or she but they definitely know more than you do just, right, just yeah. by osmosis, just from being in the room. You know what I mean? Yeah. So PMA is just that power of positive mental attitude. And uh, it's just keeping, of course, there's, there's negativity in the world. There's terrible things that happen. Uh, having a positive mental attitude doesn't mean, um, oh, like if you give me a shit sandwich, I'm going to go, oh, this shit sandwich is delicious. Right. It is what it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of people course. get it twisted, but I feel Uh, despite a lot of people shoot slings and arrows at the concept of positive mental attitude or whatever, um, most successful people and most happy people seem to have uh, some component of it, no matter what they call it in their life. But to me, it all ties back to the bad brains and the magic of hardcore and punk rock music, real hardcore and punk rock Mm -hmm. music. I might, I might add. Right. Right. (laughs) Stuff that'll, you know, turn a, turn a preacher's head. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, stuff that'll still scare the shit out of your parents, but yes. no no soda endorsement deals or anything. You know what I mean? Right, well, be- yeah. <laughs> before we get back to GCW, one thing that you had mentioned with is, you know, those stories of hanging out with Raven or hanging out with Ricky Morton, even though people might think, like, why would you do it? Even if it amounts to nothing, right? If you had that two-hour conversation with Ricky Morton, the next time you see Ricky Morton, let's say, in the WWE Hall of Fame again for whatever reason it is, you're going to say, like, I hung out with that dude for two hours because all of these stories that you're talking about makes me think of uh, I worked for Titan Fighting Championship and I was the the gopher, right? So fighters came in. I picked them up from the hotel. They needed to cut weight. I'm driving them from the hotel to the YMCA and all that stuff. And right, like to your point, like, People are like, oh, well, why are you doing that? You know, and you're like, That's you know what? They have you do that. Yeah, and it's like, you know what? <laughs> I talked to like John Donaher, who's the best jujitsu guy in the world, and we just talked about, you know, like uh, fruit. Who cares? But it's like right. I have a story with this guy who I look up to. So yeah, I love, I love the the eagerness to say like, 
even if nothing comes from it, I'm going to see this as an experience to say like, I have some things to look back on and say like, I had some fun. So I love, I loved all the stuff you're saying there. And, and a key detail, if someone is, someone is watching or listening and they find themselves in a situation like I was in, one of the key things I can tell you is when Ricky Morton's talking, he's talking and I shut the fuck up. And then when he's completely done, I then try to, in the fewest words possible, try to keep it going. Get it you know I mean? I'm yeah, not right, like, yeah. well, you know, Ricky, you've been so many places and met so many people and the time working for Crockett, like people do these never ending. Uh-huh. No, fuck all that. Yeah. I'm just going to get right to a quick dot, dot, dot. Yes. And, and mm-hmm. like, please yeah. go on. You know what so I mean? So you weren't telling and, me I should cut his hair and maybe. No. You know what I mean? but then, <laughs> I, I, I will, and again, this was not someone on the, on the GCW crew, but there, uh, you know, there were some local, local people mm-hmm. that worked on the gig as well. And I saw Ricky Morton was in the dressing room after the show and Ricky Morton is Ricky Morton and he's telling stories and sharing insight with people. And there's one person who's like, every time Ricky says two or three words, the person's like, oh yeah, yeah, when I did that, blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah, yeah, me, 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 me. And it's like, dude. And then it's funny. So (laughs) no one's reacting to this person at all. But then after at the bar or the hotel, people are like, Jesus, can you fucking believe that guy? And that that's the thing. Self-awareness. I wish self-awareness. I wish I could. I wish it was a company so I could get endorsed by it and then spread the word of it. Like have some because (laughs) while you think you're somehow endearing yourself to Ricky Morton by stepping all over his shit, you're actually letting Ricky Morton and everyone in earshot know that you don't know how to hang out and Mm -hmm. you then fail the test for do I want this person in a car for six hours? Do I want this person in a building for six hours? You should. You can start doing like a series of TikToks <laughs> where you just hand somebody something that says, "Here, have some self awareness." You know? Oh man, like, yeah, I'll get go. like a get a pee, yeah. a full, like a Catch phone anybody, board, man. Right, doing anything, doing like that, like that. That would be hilarious. So, all right, on the GCW train. Sorry for all the shoot stories. Oh, no, yeah, love this it. So this is what we're here <laughs> for. Yeah, this is what we're here for. So, kind of in that vein, I mean, you guys knew you're going to Laramie and you're going to be out there, but did you expect? farm animals in a barn like how did that conversation go down were you just like all right we're doing this I, like this is I, it i knew about the farm animals in advance only because brett had told me and brett brett has said i've learned this about brett like he said things to me before that at at a glance or on the surface my initial immediate reaction is like a you can't do that b that's crazy uh c don't but yeah. i try to reserve very, very few times do I ever say or suggest that because there's a, a method to his madness and there's a, the mad scientist thing. So like on paper, if I was putting together a show on my own, I, I would ne- I would think the opposite. Like a there brain. could be no loop. Yeah. yeah. But Brennan told me in advance, we're going to have loose animals and he named the animals and, you know, in terms of breeds yes. or genres of animal. Mm. And they're going to be wandering the venue like a meet and greet during the whole show. And I'm just like, you know what? If that's what Brett wants to do, and the people who own the animals are fine with it, it's fine. But then it was slightly modified. Yeah. I didn't say a word, and then they were they were tied up. They were kind of tied up in the venue. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, but you could hear them fucking yeah. yelling. Oh yeah. And well, their one sound they make, it's like I don't know. It sounds angry, but it seems like that's the only sound. So I don't know how you tell. Well, I don't know. I mean, you, like you said, there's a method to his madness because how else would you have gotten a fuck that horse chant? <laughs> yeah, fuck that horse. Fuck that horse. <laughs> That's so great. The Jimmy, I asked them uh, right before the show started. I knew that uh, Manders was going to do the uh, entrance on a yeah. horse. And I was like, is there anyone else that's 
uh, riding an animal or whatever. And he's like, Jimmy Lloyd is going to be riding a donkey. <laughs> but he always likes to joke about Jimmy Lloyd. So I'm just like, yeah. sure. Okay. Sure, okay. But I could tell he's like, you believe me, right? And I'm like, okay, well, then I know he's for, okay, yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. And then I'm like, which donkey? I was like, that little baby donkey that, as I refer to, I'm like the child donkey or whatever that's outside. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. I go, can that donkey hold Jimmy Lloyd? And his answer is, it's fully saddle broken, which uh, is okay. That's cool. Doesn't answer, answer the question. Qu- right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He but in could the end, possibly. Right. He right. definitely has the ability to have a saddle on him. And as you guys saw, the, the donkey gave up halfway, yeah. uh, halfway through. But all of that just made it magic. It, it's wild, you know, to think about because it's there's nothing to it but to do it. Like whatever vision he has, he has a proven track record of bringing it to the world and if he hadn't already thought of doing crazy shit in other places i would have been more like how are we going to do a show in laramie wyoming they mm-hmm. haven't even had wrestling there in almost 10 years and, and that was a wwe house show um but no like i just know that he he has the vision and then there's the it's a small team but it's a small team of, of gcw people there'll be a few people on the ground a few people behind the scenes and somehow we're able to bring in experiments to experience to Laramie, Wyoming, and possibly make Laramie like a new, a new hub, a new place, because there was hundreds of people who showed up, like when Mance Warner came to the ring, they're going wild for him, but they don't know his name. Mm-hmm. So they, they've never seen him before. They're in love with him. So they start chanting Simple Man, mm-hmm. because his music is the song Simple Man, but it's like Simple Man, Simple yeah. Man. And that was just one of at least 15 chants that they did, like MDK all day, MDK all day. It was all these new mm-hmm. chants. It was a whole organic experience. And I don't know, it's hard to explain, really. And, you know, we, if, like, if we hadn't done it in Japan, if we hadn't gone even further away, I maybe would have been like, whatever. But the, the track record is there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's broadcast to the world. It would have been enough in a way to just deliver a dope event there. Mm-hmm. But we delivered a dope event to those people that got so hot, the fucking eight cop cars or whatever. Oh, that was awesome. That's <laughs> and then awesome. The fans at home got to experience it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, to, they're, to, they're, yeah, yeah. To work the town into a shoot is just <laughs> chef's kiss of like in 2021. Cause this is a 1984. You know what I mean? Correct, it's one correct. thing to like 1984, you know, sure. Harley race and someone got a little uh-huh. too much and okay. This Harley is 20 actually pistol whip. Somebody yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. No, Harley this race is always had the biscuit. Yeah. Uh-huh. But like, this is 2021 and to work a town into a shoot. Oh my God. If, if I could have like given an award <laughs> out, you guys would have won whatever I could have thought of. It was the best. It was funny. Uh, I told the story on spaces, you know, which is kind of a disposable medium on Twitter, but I'll, I'll uh, let it live on here in perpetuity. So I went in the dressing room right after the show and I was sitting there at the table when the cops came into the dressing room. So, you know, they're not interested in me. So I'm just a fly on the wall. So they come in and uh, the promoters like, Oh, the police are here and they want to speak to the, the people from the the main event uh, because, you know, the police think that there was a real incident or like a murder, you know, types and, you know, severe beating, whatever that happened. So Nick Gage, thankfully, isn't, I don't know where Nick was, but thankfully he just was not in the dressing room at that moment. But Mance, a fully dressed Mance Warner was, and Mance is like fully on the opposite side of the dressing room. So Brett kind of puts that spiel out there to the room and to Manser to kind of be like, you know, just let him know you're 
there, but did you expect farm animals in a barn? Like, how did that conversation go down? Were you just like, all right, we're doing this? I, like, this is I, it? I knew about the farm animals in advance only because Brett had told me. And Brett, Brett has said, I've learned this about Brett. Like, he said things to me before that at, at a glance or on the surface, my initial immediate reaction is like, A, you can't do that. B, that's crazy. Uh, C, don't. But yeah. I try to reserve very, very few times do I ever say or suggest. I'm like, holy fuck, because he just took it to another. Yeah. It all now depends how this pop reacts, because you're yes. just downplaying their involvement to such a degree. And then you're just basically asked, like, you know, if some person came up to them with a pen, oh, you want to take a photo with me? So yeah. they're, the cop, I'm like, oh, fuck, let's see how this cop reacts, because yeah. that's going to tell the whole story. And the cop just kind of looks at him and then is like, uh, I don't know. Do you want to take a picture with me? Like kind of laughs instead of being like, Hey, fuck you asshole. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then I'm kind of like, Oh, I'm like, you know, it's a show. Like these are performers and they're performing. You know what I mean? So the cops like, you're okay. Mancer's like, nothing's hurt, but my tongue and my pride. Cause I lost the match. And they're like, your tongue is hurt. And he's like, I got a staple in there, but that's it. But I just love it. That my pride is hurt. Yeah, Vance Warner may have been surrounded by multiple authority, but Vance Warner never surrendered his character, never Love surrendered it. his presence, never surrendered his ID. As no. the cops took out their like notebooks that. to write down his information, Mance, M-A-N-C-E-W-A-R-N-E-R. Oh, yeah. I love that. What oh, a, that's what a great. Moment. Give him the name. And that's fun. And as you saw on social media, or if you didn't, we had an after party for the show at a bar mm -hmm. in town. And there's only a few bars in town. And the police were pleasant to us at the event, but they were all waiting at outside the event. Like when we left maybe an hour later, the, the wrestlers and or some of the wrestlers and the crew, there was all the cop cars were still right outside the gate of the venue. Watch this all drive by. Then when we went to the after party, they just literally drove around the block over and over and over again until the after party was over. So, like, every time you just look over and Mansur's there with the beer, then you just see the cop who is interrogating Mansur just stop at the light, look at him, and then go around the corner again. And it's like, I don't know if they're gathering evidence or they're just letting us just know. Like, I don't know what they thought was going to happen. Keeping an eye on you guys. <laughs> yeah. I, don't want, I don't want another donkey fight out here in the bar. Right? Um. Uh, I think one of the best uh, lines was actually said by my girlfriend who texted me during all the mayhem and said that uh, she thinks the, the sheep the sheep at the venue and Jimmy Lloyd's donkey are the ones who called the police. Yeah, probably. Yeah. They're probably like, who the hell is this weird circus rolling through town? Fuck that livestock. Uh, fuck, fuck that, that livestock. Amen. <laughs> so, all right. Since, since we're taking up all your time, because I got, this is a fun conversation. Let's run through our Cinco Preguntas. We ask every yeah. guest, these five questions, these are, you know, we'll ask you a question you can answer, but feel free to expand on, on your answer. And why? Sure. You know, so the first one is uh, who's your favorite wrestler of all the times? Ooh. If I had to say my favorite wrestler of all the times, just because of legendary status and all that, Bruiser Brody, man. Mm. Never oh, forgot. Yeah. And of course, I could get into different eras, you know, favorite wrestler today, favorite active wrestler, sure, on course. and on. Oh, but yeah. uh, Bruiser Brody uh, of all time, Terry Funk, right, 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 mm -hmm. like almost on the same, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. gods, oh, yeah. gods mm -hmm. of the shit. And the same thing, people that did stuff that made, there would be no ECW without what those guys, I mean, oh, yeah. Terry Funk, very personally involved Bruiser Brody, just that the rebelliousness, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Down boy. The yeah. rebelliousness. No, he, he yeah. She loves, she loves Bruiser. She's just agreeing oh, with you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like Brody. Yeah. Brody. Yeah. 
Uh, Terry Funk was uh, Mick Foley's uh, oh, favorite yeah. wrestler when we asked him. Uh, 100%. One yeah. funny uh, story is many years ago, I was at one of these things where uh, uh, like all the fans pay and then there's like a breakfast scenario. Mm, it's like breakfast yep. and questions or whatever. Yeah, yeah, sure. And Stan Hansen was one of the people at the thing. Uh-huh. And I'm just sitting there, you know what I'm saying? I'm eating my pancake and like getting knowledge dropped on me. And, you know, people do those questions like Stan Hansen, you've wrestled in Texas, in Japan. You've faced so many opponents, some of the toughest men of your career as you traveled up and down the roads. And you did this, and you did this, and you did this. And everyone's like, oh, God. And then finally, the person will be like, who is the toughest man you ever faced in the ring? And Hansen would just be like, Brody. <laughs> and then like a few minutes later, someone else would do a similar never ending question about something. And One be word like, answer. Mm. Brody, Brody, and it, one of my friends from the Van Nover Deeming Social Value, he was with me at this thing. And to this day, if someone asks a really long question, he'll just in that gruff voice say, Brody, Brody, <laughs> because it's just like it fits. it's just the ultimate, like, well, and if, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, how, how do you how do you get from St. Louis to Jersey? Do you go this way and this way and this way? <laughs> Brody, that's all you have to say, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Air, air travel has revolutionized both the wrestling industry and society as a whole. Like flying from Japan and to Texas, which was a 19-hour flight, who would be your favorite seatmate? Brody. <laughs> the best. The best. I love it. All right. As we move into question number two. Now, you've been a ref, so you can answer this as far as being in it and also just as a fan. What is your favorite match of all time? Oh, my God even harder in it yeah I, i'm yeah. really bad with like the, fa- the favorite wrestler i finally trained myself to have mm-hmm. an answer uh favorite match ever man there's so fucking many yeah well what are some of you know you don't have to narrow down to one either obviously you know what i mean what springs to mind lately oh man the old the old independent wrestling network and uh you know for 9.99 i'm just gonna go with the totally bizarre and surreal because uh i just love this match it's uh the grocery store death match uh, it's from Japan. It's it's little known, and it's fucking insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, I can send you guys the link to it if yeah, you want to like <laughs> watch yes. it yourself or yeah. yes. in the description yes. because it's it's not like anything you've ever seen before, and it's so fucking bizarre. It, it that, can't be with a name like I mean? that. <laughs> but we... that said, if I could, that as just the old time what the fuck. Yeah. But in modern times, I got to actually uh, call. All the entire series between uh, Blake Christian, who's now in NXT, I forget his new name. Uh, I'm trying to I forget. You know what I'm saying? They change everyone's. They change name. everyone's oh, yeah. name, and they even Blake... change the name sometimes when they're there. I know. It's hard to know. <laughs> it was, uh, Blake Blake Christian and Leo Rush had a series of mm-hmm. matches in Game Changer Wrestling. They were absolutely outstanding. Uh, Joey Janela versus ACH was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, FD's debut match in GCW or. It's thought of as his debut in GCW. He actually had two smaller matches in GCW mm. prior. But Effie's debut against Nick Gage in Chicago is one of the greatest uh, matches God, of all time. Be, yeah, those two characters. That was the night Effie oh. was made. Like, Effie was Effie, but he wasn't Effie. You know right. what I mean? And right. he stepped in and uh, holy fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, holy sure. fuck. Yeah, I meant Trey, Trey Baxter. I did. I, we don't. There we don't go. fact Thank check. You. We don't fact check. But I figured it, it deserved it here. So Trey Baxter is the is as his new name. Another great match. Uh, uh, I, also, if I'm going to mention Trey Baxter, I feel like I have to mention Alex Zane, and I forget his new name too. Do you remember that one? Nope. <laughs> well, Alex <laughs> Zane is amazing, and he's doing really good in NXT. I got to see his 
call his breakout match at, uh, I believe, or last was it, oh the year before last backyard wrestling event, mm. uh, live on America's birthday, just like this Saturday. But yeah, anything with I got to call some of his matches too, just oh. outside the box. Oh, Ari, of course, Ari Sterling. Good old Ari. It works better when it's like Kurt Stallion goes in there and then he's just Kurt Stallion. You know what I mean? It's just like, we knew him as Kurt Stallion. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like a retro Anthony Green and then he was August Gray. And it's like, no, he's retro Anthony Green. So so close, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, Tim, you want to get into So, all right. This, the pro wrestling industry is known and kind of like you said, it, it, it is a. It is a journeyman's craft where you take wisdom from those who have paved the roads before you. So who would you say is your biggest influence in this business? Oh, man. My biggest influence in wrestling. Like someone that's personally influenced me? Yeah. Either, someone- yeah. It's a, it's a dealer's choice. Or. Yeah, yeah dealer's you, choice. Oh, you yeah. can say from afar or up close, however you want to we interpret the question. We never clarified and realized people answered it both ways. So we just <laughs> okay. like, hey, whichever way you want to answer. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> Most influential in a way, I think it would have to be Paul Heyman, like mm. Paul Heyman and his vision and what he brought to wrestling. It brought me back as a fan. Uh, it connected me with wrestling and video games, which turned into the Backyard Wrestling video game series. And um, I feel like, again, and that that's oh, I forgot his exact line from Beyond the Mat. It's like, blah, 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 blah. Fuck you because we can. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. That you know what I'm saying? It's oh, that that inspirational speech before barely yeah. legal. Yeah, the best. I'm trying to remember. That's the final line, though. I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But just that magic that he created, and it's all you know, extending himself to you know financial ruin and and mental you know fracturing his psyche and all the shit that he did, and you know, par- challenging and spotlighting those people and having the revolutionary concept in pro wrestling of, hey, here's this guy nine one one. He does a choke slam really great. He doesn't do so, so many other things. Let's make the fucking most of that chokeslam instead oh. of, it feels like today, if a different company had 911, they'd put him in a 60 minute Broadway with Brian Danielson just to show that he can't yeah. do everything that everyone else mm-hmm. can. That idea of maximizing what you have, making the most of everyone and letting everyone shine to their fullest is a philosophy I think that uh, reverberates kind of throughout throughout wrestling. Yeah. And to follow up on that, because this is just fun conversation is uh, another thing that he does well. And that I also think that GCW does well is they don't try to like, if you were using 911 as the example, they don't then say, we're going to add like sound effects to when he throws them up. It's just like, (laughs) we're keeping it simple. This is fucking cool. Hey, Look at this choke slam. How and then cool it's like, would it been if, he's, if a train sound happened? Yeah, you know what block, I mean. Huh? Well, but, but what I'm saying a is dial, a dial tone over the PA. Yeah, like, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, but just like with GCW. <sighs> There, there's so many there's so many talents that it's like this is what they do fucking cool like we don't need to add bells and whistles and all this other stuff it's like no 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 just check out nick gage in a death match we don't want to have right. him you yeah. know doing uh you know broadway theater type of <laughs> promos because that's fucking dumb like it's not Here him comes nick you know? gage with his ventriloquist yeah exactly you know, you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, yeah. Yo, i just let like the artist be the artist yeah exactly it's Who just my doll yeah yeah no they let the artist be the artist i think is the good tie-in that also has that like where it feels the ecw gcw you know yeah that's what better. i that's and that's what i admire the most right now about gcw is just the raw authentic pro wrestling presentation so it's just it's very admirable 
And uh, thank you, man, on behalf of everyone at GCW. One of the things you said earlier was like, how sick is it? And who would have ever thought that Nick Gage would be in a feud with notorious doll connect collector, mm-hmm. Matt Cardona. But what's even crazier is that he's in a blood war with standout doll collector, Matt Cardona, while in the midst of having uh, an issue with John Moxley. Yep. You yeah. Know what I mean? And that this is all playing out in game changer wrestling yeah. and it's delivering some of the best work of uh, Zack Ryder, Matt Cardona's career. And obviously Moxley's Moxley, but Moxley chooses where he wants to be. You know what I mean? He's not uh, in GCW because obviously he's not forced to be. No one in AEW is making him do it under contract. Uh, he wants a piece of Nick Gage. Whether that will pay out for him or Matt Cardona in the long term, I don't know. But the fact mm. that they're there speaks speaks volumes. Yes, definitely, 100%. All right, so let's get back into our, 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 four, our five questions here. <laughs> Question four. Yeah. No. Question four. Uh, what is your favorite pro wrestling term as far as baby face, heel, you know, skin the cat, those type of terms. What's your favorite pro oh, wrestling man, term? Could, I'd love to hear you list like 15 more of those. Yeah. <laughs> I love, uh, I love gimmick. Gimmick is mm-hmm. just great. Cause it, it's, I can use it in a real life. It's a, uh, it covers everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Literally every object, every mm-hmm. verb, adjective, person, place, thing. Yeah. Gimmick. So gimmick is pretty great. Jobber is pretty great. Mm-hmm. Jay Brown, kayfabe, but yeah. the king of all, I think is fucking what I said. Gimmick. Yeah, it's, it's as versatile as fuck is gimmick. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. use it in anything. <laughs> I use it in my regular life all the time and people still get I it. As like well. they, they understand it, but then you can tell like who, understands gimmick versus just the term yeah, yeah. gimmick, right? You yeah. kind of see and, somebody perk and, up. And when you think of it of all the different uses, you know what I mean? Because if you're talking to someone who loves to smoke pot, gimmick mm-hmm. is pot. If you're, you know, it, it's it's anything and everything. So yeah. so choose wisely. Kayfabe right. is great because you could also use kayfabe in mixed company or whatever, and people won't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had scenarios where some random person is like, that's not involved with wrestling is like trying to ask everyone like, Oh, and where are you going after? And I'll meet you there and whatever. And I'll just be like, Kayfabe. Yeah. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Like Ixnay on the address passing mm-hmm. here. Let's get yeah, the fuck exactly, out of yeah. here. Nobody tell this dude. Yeah. This dude's not invited. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right. But yeah. Okay. I think gimmick. Gimmick is a good one. Yeah. We like that one a lot. Um, all right. So this fifth one, it's not even really a question, but you know, it's easier. This to is that curveball. This okay. is a curveball. This is a more Uh-oh. of a hypothetical situation, and we're going to test your creativity, right? We're going to put you on the okay. spot here. Well, this is actually I'll do good at. As long as I don't okay. come up with something that's my favorite, I can do oh, it. Oh, yeah, no. Shine. No, this one is good. All right, so we're going to pretend like we're all sitting in a room, and we're booking, right? We've got the pencil. Okay. We're booking you, KG, Mr. PMA, to the top, right? Whatever this is, whether you're, it's your, you know, your WrestleMania, your all-out, whatever you consider the, sure. the biggest thing, right, for the biggest prize, you versus Tom, you got to give us the storyline. Well, Tom and I came up together. We grew up in the mm. same town. We, we were like brothers because neither of us had a father or a brother until we found each other. Mm. But uh, we, when we got our first job, uh, there was one promotion available. And Tom kind of just kind of threw me under the bus a little mm. to get the job. And it I said in it. series, uh, it kind of planted a seed of dissent, a, a seed of distrust. We put it behind us. We put, went full force into our wrestling careers. But it started to rear its ugly head again, and it brought back a lot of feelings and a lot of anger and a lot of frustration. And that's why this Saturday, Tom, we're going to fucking settle this once and for all forever. What you did to me at the job, what you did to me at my new job, fuck that shit. It's on like Donkey Kong. I love it. All right. So the big question then is, we leave it up to you. Who's going over? Me. Oh, yes. Because I cut that promo. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was great. It was great. I cut that fucking promo to lose. <laughs> if I hadn't cut that promo, I can't see my character yeah. losing after cutting that right. promo. Right. Right. Yes, if I hadn't cut the promo, I, yeah, I'd be. Yeah. Cut to five, brother. Totally yeah. wouldn't have cut the promo either if I'd have known, man. Yeah. But I just say it came out of me, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally right, so let's give everybody the plugs. Where can they find you? What's your next thing you got going? Like, what do you want people to know about and to find sure. you? Sure. Well, this Saturday, uh, or Saturday, eh, this Sunday, July mm. 4th, America's birthday, Game Changer Wrestling presents one of its most controversial shows of the year from an undisclosed location, Backyard Wrestling 3. Mm. Uh, this one is co-headlined. By a battle that's taken over Instagram Live. It's taken over Twitter space. It's fucking the world famous CB. The artist formerly known as Cheeseburger. Taking on that man. Nasty fucking Leroy. That, you know, we all know. We, let me just say that. So that's where you can see me this weekend. Uh, Game Changer Wrestling has events coming up uh, in July. Also from Texas and other places. You can catch me there on commentary. On social media at OG Kevin Gill. On um, Monday nights, get high and watch wrestling with Ron Funches, super nice. comedian, actor, and nemesis of Tony Deppen, Ron Funches, on uh, his Twitch. And then uh, you can catch me on my own Twitch sometimes, too, uh, lately doing, what do I call it? The uh, wrestling stimulation, the surreal mm. and the sublime, where I su simulate matches with Fire Pro Wrestling uh, yes, between people like Jimmy Valiant and uh, Bam Bam Bigelow in an exploding barbed wire match or... Randy yeah, Savage not? versus CM Punk in a cage, or Marcus Crane versus Great Sasuke. You know, things like that. So you can check me out on Twitch, too. And uh, that's really it. I have a Pro Wrestling Tea store, too, if anyone wants to support. And I know they've got a big sale going on right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that's the yeah. deal. Support Game Watch Changer Wrestling. Support the Underground Wrestling Alliance. Support West Coast Pro Wrestling. And uh, my friends over in China, Middle Kingdom Wrestling. I do a show once a month called KG Presents MKW Blast Off. And it's the first opportunity for fans in America to see wrestling content created, produced in China uh, by wrestlers who are trained in China. It's like a whole a whole different world. We're seeing some Chinese stars come in to WWE and NXT now. Mm -hmm. But here we now have a direct pipeline to that talent and to a whole new scene. And I love that the art form of pro wrestling, that flag, if you will, is being taken around the world because it is an art form that transcends age, race, gender, all that shit. And yeah. it's is wonderful. The, the Chinese promotion is available on Fight TV on or YouTube. Or YouTube. It's on okay. YouTube. They have a lot of Chinese language content, uh, which you'll find under the name MKW Blast Off. Okay. But then once a month, there's kind of like a best of show that I host and commentate on in English, and that's called KG Presents MKW Blast Off. Nice. But either way, it's Middle Kingdom yeah. Wrestling, and they have hours of content for free to watch on YouTube. Awesome. Nice. I like they gave you top billing on that one. That's good. Can yeah, yeah. That was their idea, too. <laughs> oh, they nice. actually had it as Kevin Gill presents, but I, I feel like embarrassed to say that. You know what I mean? So, like, KG presents feels, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Right. Yeah, yeah no, of course. If someone yeah. else said it, if you guys were like, Kevin Gill presents, right. I'd be like, fuck yeah. Right. right. Yeah. I have to say, ah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, let's keep a little more cash, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't yeah, want right. to. Come on. I feel right. embarrassed. Right, for sure. Dude, I, I can't thank you for coming on and talking to us. I, I can't we, thank you guys, man. We so told you a half hour. It took an hour. <laughs> we, oh it's fine yeah. um no it's but this has been great fine. man uh we appreciate everything you do on the gcw and, and everywhere else you go and keeping the scene alive and keeping the positive mental attitude flowing it, it shows like i said and um god I, I mean you know uh can't say enough uh, uh thanks for you and, and we hope to talk to you soon man definitely man I, i'd be back to i'd be down to come back anytime and sincere and appreciation and thanks to you guys for not just having me on but having such a professional show for caring about your show 
and even in how you approach people to be guests on your show is so professional and cordial and light years, quite frankly, ahead of how many people oh, really? act and conduct themselves. So I'm a big fan of people who conduct themselves in a way that would work in the real world. Uh, right. Because if you conduct yourself that way in wrestling, you're like a nuclear scientist. You know what I mean? Right. Oh, yeah, for sure. You're like, oh, oh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we've been so, there. Yeah, we've seen yeah, some respect. of that. Yes. All right, I appreciate man. you guys both and much love to the Spanish announce table and everybody watching. The Spanish announce table. Well, Tom, that was fun, man. Kevin Gill is, uh, he is just, uh, he's fun, right? Like, he, you have fun when you talk to this guy, when you watch his videos, when you listen oh. to him do a commentary. He's a fun dude. Absolutely incredible. And I tell you what, he's the type of guy that's so captivating that he gets into his stories and you forget about your own circumstances. And you're just like, this guy is so much fun to just listen to. He's the type of guy that you almost want to have him do a TED talk just talking about his life experiences because he'd pay for it. It, it, It's that entertaining. Uh, Also, we didn't mention it during the interview, but we want to mention it now. Uh, Shout out to Kevin the OG Kevin Gill and the GCW uh, team over there for giving us a shout out during their last pay-per-view that was in Laramie, Wyoming. Uh, they gave out uh, a shout out to the Spanish announce table uh, Twitter account. So thank you guys so much for doing that. That definitely brought some new eyes to us as did Kevin's uh, interview with us. So again, thank you so much for that. Um, but yeah, awesome guy. Uh, that was a great time. Uh, flew by too. We, we actually, you, you had to point out like, hey, let's uh, kind of wrap it up because we're taking up all this time. And I'm like, so well, bad. shit, yeah. I it, felt so bad. I was like, oh, all week, you know. felt I'm bad because like, we're like, usually, you know, people behind the wheel and girls when we when we book in or 40. We were going 40 minutes there. So, yeah. Oh, it was yeah. 50. 50 minutes. Yeah. And I told him like 20. I was like, you know, sometimes it goes 25, 30. Um, yeah. Oops. You know. But yeah, he he does great, and I tell you what, he's so captivating. You kind of um, you forget about your own circumstances, Tim. Yeah, yeah. I uh, uh, it, it was super fun. I enjoyed having him on, and um, I uh, 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 Kevin Gill. It, it's super fun getting into GCW. Was was uh, watching this most recent thing was was really fun. Was that. He like just it feels real, you know what I mean? Like it feels real, and and, and like I, I, it just like the whole the whole aspect of that show just felt like honest. If I if I if I can if I could say that, you know. Um, but let's get into something here, um, Tom. I want to bring up. Um, we need to talk about something here. It's the MJF yeah. coin. Um, uh, oh, even the graphic is a little wrong. Uh, it's even less than the 325. I forgot to change that part because, you know, I was rushed to get this Kevin Gill interview off. But it is down 16% this week, and now it's uh, 69% overall there. So, Tim, uh, I got to tell you some things because we're friends. Right. Um, some things have happened because of this coin. Okay. Um, so, first off. Thank you so much for uh, giving me a background, but I am not home. Yeah. Um, they have taken the car. Mm-hmm. They watched the yeah, podcast episode. The car. Yeah. And they took the car. Yeah. I told you that um, you shouldn't have got the car. Yeah. Because of that, my wife now is not allowing me back into the house. Sure. 
Uh, um, yeah. So where are you? Wait a minute. Where are you then? You didn't tell me where you're at yet. I. Well, we've talked about it before. Uh-huh. I'm in Papa Shango's <laughs> basement. Okay. Wait. How did you afford that place? He charges like a couple hundred a, an hour for studio space. Don't ask questions you don't want the answers to. Okay. Yikes. Okay. I did what I had to do to to get to a spot where we could record the podcast for our listeners and for the YouTube audience. Um, okay. Hey, appreciate your dedication, Tom. Tim, I haven't ate in a week. So thank God to our beer sponsor of the week, Big Josh. This mm-hmm. is the first substance I've consumed. Sustenance. <clears throat> well, this is the first substance I've consumed uh, since getting to Papa Shango's uh, library or yeah. ba- basement. I'm in the basement. Um, but thank you for the sustenance, Big Josh. Big Josh, I tell you what. Um, let me start with the first compliment towards you, as we do with every beer sponsor of the week. Um, see, the dogs are even after me. I am not in a good spot. Um, but Big Josh, uh, you you give life to people, literally. You are a life giver, and I thank you. Yes, uh, I heard um, Big Josh uh, on his way home uh, uh, stop, picked himself up some beer and made sure to hold the door open for everybody that was like had just got out of their car. And you know what I mean was was entering the liquor store at the same time. That's how swell of a dude he is. And he told us, you know, he sent us over uh, the money, which you can do. You go to SpanishAnnounceTable.net. There's a donate link. May or may not work. It didn't work for Big Josh, but you can always just go to PayPal and enter in tableshow at gmail.com and donate some money and say, hey, go pick up this kind of beer. Uh, we we found it. There's only a few places in the metro area. We found it and we acquired it, and it's a beta purple haze uh clouds of real raspberries swirl in this tart and tantalizing lager brewed with pilsner and wheat malts along with vanguard hops uh let the scent of berries in this hazy purple brew take your taste buds on a harmonious journey inspired by the good vibes and free spirit of new orleans uh brewed in san juan mexico no i'm just kidding Uh, big josh (laughs) yeah I, i i'm declaring it this on this day in spanish announce table universe july 1 will forever be known as big josh the rebel trucker day in the spanish announce table universe you're giving i'm declaring it literally you're helping literally you gave me life because papa shango ain't feeding this guy i have not been fed i don't even know if i'm looking at anyone i don't trust that i'm actually talking to tim this could be an hallucination but i do know that i'm drinking purple haze provided to me from big josh so thank you so much um this is really good it does taste like raspberries and tom tom i heard that big josh smells like a field of raspberries i heard that big josh has the best handshake this side of the mississippi Woo! i heard he's got both sides of the mississippi locked down with that handshake but let's move on big shout i heard that big josh can parallel park while on the phone in his fucking truck that's what i'm <laughs> saying fucking 18 wheeler parallel park that bitch he is <laughs> he is a, <laughs> big <don't> josh <laughs> big josh is a man among boys he should not be trifled with he is our best friend and i and i i love what he did for us this week yeah 
July 1, Big Josh the Rebel Trucker Day. July 1, forever, from here on out. Forever. That's great. Now we got two holidays, like back to back like two that. We got Big holidays Josh Day, because of Big Josh. Right? Big Josh Day, is that what you called it? Big Josh. Mm-hmm. July 1. This day is named after you. Mm-hmm. Dedicated to you, sir. Dedicated to the trucker. All right, man. Okay. Big shout out to KG, uh, Kevin Gill. Go back and watch the interview. If you're just now joining us live and you missed it, go back and watch it and then come watch the rest of this because it was awesome. Or you can catch it on the podcast. You find all the links you need at SpanishDownsTable.net. Yeah, what's up, Tom? I was also going to say, and check him out on America's birthday as GCW will be presenting a pay-per-view that he will be commentating. So also support him as he does his day job. I guess you want to call it a day job of commentating the best independent pro wrestling organization in the world right now, GCW. That man outworks everybody, you know, twice, Tom, not big Josh though. But not big Josh. I mean, okay. Big, but big Josh is like, not, I mean, he's always, the asterisk to everything, right? Like, yes, yeah, you yes, know what I mean, is. right? Yes, Big Josh is better than you, and you know it. And you know it. All right, so Tom, what are we here for then? We got man, we're we man, we went long. We we told KG man twenty minutes, and then ran fifty minutes. So let's get some stuff in, man. What happened this week, of pro? Well, let, were you even yeah. able to take notes? Were you even able to watch? Yes. Yeah, there's Tim. a lot of time when you're under the bridge to watch. Yes. I know how to watch my AEW, and I watched my AEW. We had two episodes since our last podcast, but let's talk about the most recent one, and then if anything uh, trickles into the last episode, we'll get to that in due time. But let's kick it off with AEW from last night. It started off with just a banger of a match. El Zero, Meadow, Pinta, and... The Mad King himself, Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Still not sure exactly if I feel 100% behind this match because or behind this team because it does feel like Penta should be with Ray Phoenix and Eddie should be with John Moxley. But regardless, uh, they took on the uh, AEW Tag Team Champions, the Young Bucks, in a non-title match. Which, if Eddie and Penta were to win, then they would face them for the Tag Team Championships. Eddie and Pinta get the victory over the Young Bucks. Tim, what did you think of this opening match? I liked it. And this was some good work by the the Young Bucks did their roles really well here. They were some really cheesy fucking like, like Jesus Christ, these guys are annoying heels, right? I think they hit their spots well. I thought this was a really good match by them to really be like, God damn, I really want them to get fucking kicked in the nuts. Now, Tim, I had to sell my razor, as you can tell. Uh, to get to this podcast episode. Um, but what did you think of the shaving from the Young Bucks as they support and show off their porn stash yeah. as it is? Yeah, uh, it's almost like they were doing Evolution Triple H, you know? Uh, um, well, Kenny Omega was, at least. Um, yeah. Now, um, I liked, again, like, it's good heel stuff, right? Like, I used to know a guy in the military who had that kind of thick fish layer, he could do whatever, right? He could come in every three days and do something different. And literally, he'd be in, like, we'd have these locker rooms, and he would be, like, in the thing, and he'd be like, what am I going to do today? And I'd be like, you should do, like, the 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 top-line sideburn within, like, the underline coming under. And he was like, mm, that's a stretch. I don't know if I can do that. Maybe I'll do You know what I mean? Like, we would do, like, the, the handlebar someday because he just had it. And so, like, why wouldn't you, right? Like, why wouldn't you get that heat when you're a heel? Yeah, I uh... – 
I think it's interesting. I think it's fun too, right? Because again, it's it's stuff that makes you say, well, obviously they're the bad guys. A casual wrestling fan who watches that match, not knowing anything about anything, is going to know, well, the two guys that look like goofballs, I shouldn't like, and so I'm not going to like them. Screw the Young Bucks, which you're right. Um, but what now we will get from uh, the fallout of this match is next week, their first show on the road, back on the road, I should say, it will be Eddie and Pinta taking on the Young Bucks for the Tag Team Championships. What do you think, as we kind of pro- or, uh, prognosticate, uh, what do you think will happen in that match? Nice. Tim? Uh, you know. Hmm. You think we're getting new champs? I don't think so. You think we're getting Eddie turns on Pinta? We're getting back to heel Eddie? No, I just think the Young Bucks will find a way to, like, do it and, like, you know what I mean? Like, get something done. I, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe. that. Here we go. So, yes, Pac gets involved maybe and, like, really throws it down. Then maybe we get an actual square up between Pac and Eddie Kingston. Have we got or that we get Penta, Or we get Penta turns Penta on Eddie. Eddie. Right, yeah. Penta, right? Yeah, so we could do that and get away and get the Young Bucks moving on down the line. I don't think this is the team that they're, like, this needs to be the tag team champions unless they just want like, Hey, and he needs something to do while John's out. And you know, they seem yeah, to be we'll giving see. him the, he had that impassioned speech. Oh um, I, yeah. I, I think you're right. I don't think we're turning Eddie heel because now everyone's saying Eddie's our guy. Eddie's the locker room leader. It's starting to become from backstage to the forefront. So I think if anything happens as far as heel turns, it's going to come from Pinta, but I wouldn't be shocked if Brian Cutler gets involved, costs them the match, the young bucks get the victory. We move on, but let's move on with this episode after Pinta and Eddie Kingston get the victory. We go backstage and we see Christian giving a pep talk to jungle boy. And then essentially a friendship has been formed because Luchasaurus arrives and says, Hey man, I don't think we've met. And since you had my guys back, we've got your back. And then Christian cage saying, Hey, Luchasaurus, you know what? I think we actually got some things in common. Uh, I think I'm, I'm part dinosaur on my mom's side. And then they go, oh, really? And then they just walk off. Thought this was a great segment to establish the friendship between Christian and uh, Jurassic Express. What did you think? Uh, I think I'm replying to somebody who uh, just told us we had a great interview on Twitter uh, at David NJ 32 uh, So forgive me while I'm doing that real quick saying uh, thanks. Uh, we did have a great interview. Go back and listen to it if you're just joining us live with Kevin Gill. Um, I thought this segment with Christian and and the boy and his dinosaur was great. I love that line where he's like, "Yeah, I think my my mom was quarter triceratops <laughs> or whatever." And he was yeah. like, "Really?" And then like almost like he's just like, "All right, peace out." Like he's too cool for school for these guys. And Luchasaurus is like, "Well, hey, hold on, let's be pal." Like, hold on, man. <laughs> right? Like that was fun. I, yeah. I liked that. You know, anyone who's watched Christian Cage or Christian uh, long enough knows that he's a very funny guy. Right? Yeah. His sense of humor is a tad dry and things like that. But I like that this was the first time that we got to see a bit of that personality instead of I'm here to outwork everyone yeah. and be the best I can be. It was like, oh, no, he actually has some different sides of him. So some I like the that best stuff from Christian in WWE was that comedy stuff that, that mm-hmm. clearly I mean, Edge and Christian 
both are both comedic guys with good timing and stuff like that. But Christian, I think, drove a lot of some of the zany stuff. Oh, yeah. Christian uh, and Chris Jericho, if yeah. you remember that, oh, when they yes. were running around ass naked yeah. uh, trying to find their towels. Ass like cream. He can, yeah, the <laughs> ass cream and all that stuff. Hey, one of my lasting memories of pro wrestling and my lasting memories of TNA was his, like, I don't know if it was his debut or one of his second days there or whatever, and he's like, he's like Santa gifts or something. He's like pulling stuff out of the bag, and he's like, and he's like talking shit on Jeff Jarrett. And he's like, what do we got in here? What's the TNA gift bag? And he was like, white pants. And he's like, white pants? He's like, is that what it takes to get over here? And he like threw that off. And I was just like, fucking yes. Like he yeah. just had a whole bunch of fucking zingers. Um, yes, I love Christian for that. And I hope we get more of that. Because again, I don't want to see, you know, hey, if they do a, a story right where Christian Cage gets a world title run, okay. But like, I, I'm not this asking for it. Good. Right? Yeah. yeah, this is great. And, and I love more of this. Yeah. Yeah, so after that segment, we get an in-ring interview. Tony Schiavone talks to the men of the year. The crowd drowns out Ethan Page with booze, which I thought was fun. Uh, then we get uh, some type of theatrical presentation of Sting and Darby Allen. Uh, Sting walks out. Darby Allen jumps out of a coffin. They beat up the men of the year. And then uh, post-scrimmish, uh, Page says, hey, the, the coffin match, it's off. If you, we're, we're going to re-sign it, but you have to make sure that you can't touch me before the match because uh, you injured me tonight and I need to be at 100%. And that's you know that, so you're a jerk. So we don't have the coffin match happening next week. It looks like we might have that at the next pay-per-view. Now, I did a little bit of digging, and I think this is a smart move because, again, we don't fact-check here unless – we we're doing an interview and we want to help out the guests and well, we're ourselves. really done with the budget cuts. Yeah. We can't really do too many. Yeah. Actually that was our last, uh, Google search, but I did a little bit of digging before the episode while I was still on the run and, um, their next show is in Miami. Correct. Yes. The road rager. Yes. I think it's a smart move for them not to do a coffin match when they just had that structure collapse and so many people have been passed away. Now, you could say people die everywhere, right? But that was a national story, in America at least, where a building collapsed and took the lives of what looks to be dozens and dozens of people. So I think it was smart to say, hey, we're going to come to your town. This might be insensitive. Let's push it off until you know cooler heads prevail, a city that doesn't necessarily have this type of tragedy uh, you know, we can do it there. So I think that's the move. That's just my guess. Um, yeah, you're probably, I mean, if nothing else, like, hey, don't change your mind again and try to squeeze it in because of the yeah. reason Tom just stated, right? Because, yeah. yeah, bad timing, bad, yeah. And it's not the main event, so you can push it off. And Ethan Page and calling it off, saying, hey, I want to be at 100% look, totally makes sense. I get it. It's Darby Allen, coffin drops, so yeah. match, uh, gimmick match. But, I mean, they are heavy on the gimmick match lately, right? I think I heard them discussing this maybe on Busted Open, but, like, they've done a lot of these things, right? We have the, the – we've got the, you know, whatever the War Games is called over there, right? we got the, the Blood and Guts. Is that what that is? Mm -hmm. and then, blood uh, and Guts. And then we've got, you know, they had the Orange Juice match, right? And the MMA match. The, and, the, and the MMA match. And we've – I mean, go back. I mean, they've had some gimmick <laughs> matches, right? So, I mean, they hit it a lot, and it's like – you know what I mean? I don't know that this really would have added much – to a feud that again is kind of started. I mean, kind of. Yeah. Not, you know, what I mean, it's kind of mid, but it's it's transitioning off of the group thing. So I don't think it's necessary yet. I agree, and I think this feud is being based a, a lot off of 
don't you remember that Ethan Page and Darby Allen fought? And again, yeah. if you're a smark or whatever you want to call them, yeah, you remember their matches in Evolve and other promotions across the country. But if you're only an AEW fan, we need some more like... And yeah, they've told us, these, that, yeah, but. but they've told us, but we don't know, right? You can be told something, but if you haven't seen it, you haven't don't really experienced it. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I'm glad that they got uh, this match pushed back to, it looks like, Fighter Fest. After this, though, we go right into, as mentioned before, Jungle Boy taking on Jack Evans. This was a pretty standard match. Uh, I think the big note here was that Jungle Boy was the first AEW competitor to reach 50 wins. Uh Side note, I forgot to mention this at the start. Chris Jericho was on commentary all night. Mm. Um, and boy, did he miss this segment up all types of way. He kept on calling Jungle Boy the Floyd Mayweather of AEW, 50-0. and 0. And I just wanted to recall uh, on Friday night's episode of AEW Dynamite, he just lost. Jungle Boy lost yeah. to Kenny Omega yeah, and he they, has many losses. Yeah, they didn't say he was 50 and 0, he's the first of 50 wins. Right, he just kept saying 50 and 0. 50 and I was like Mayweather, what like, are you talking have about? Have other boxers got to 50 wins? Like it's not the same thing. Yeah, there's been yeah. other boxers that got to 50 wins, but there's no one that's done 50 and 0. Right. That's what makes Floyd Mayweather unique. Right. But yeah, Chris Jericho kept messing that up and we'll get to some other commentary uh missteps later on in this recap, but yeah, that was the first one where I said, what are you talking about? Anyhow, Jungle Boy gets the victory afterwards. The Hardy family office comes down, uh, but Jurassic Express runs out and intercepts. Then we get Christian Cage and Matt Hardy bumping into each other, doing whatever it is. Um, and so, then Matt Hardy runs off scared. So what I was thinking about before you, before you mentioned what happened after the match is just that it, it's Jack Evans. And not that anything's wrong with Jack Evans and Angelico. And, you know, we've had some interaction with them on, on Twitter. Some fun interactions. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean, they seem, you know, people love them and they're stars around the world, um, but they're just buried here. I don't think buried, but just like they're, they're there, right? You, we don't hear them say anything. We just see them coming out, dancing, right? And doing stuff for Matt Hardy, I guess. So, I mean, it's just kind of like, I, I, you know what I mean? This is where we talked about we got a bloated tag team division. And, yeah. Well, and I think we got a bloated faction division as well because yeah. we still haven't understood why this tag team is with the Hardys and I get that Matt Hardy can pay you whatever kind of fee you need, but then that's not enough in my opinion. So I I like it because, Hey, Jack Evans lost to jungle boy, but Jack Evans at the end of the day, if pressed for an answer on why he lost, he'd be like, I'm a tag wrestler. Like he shouldn't have, I shouldn't even been in there. I'm not a singles competitor. Obviously I'm in TH two. Like singles isn't my thing guy. And so, okay. Right. Jungle boy would get the victory then. But to your point, yeah, what are we doing with TH2? Are we going to have them talk? Are they going to dance? What's their gimmick? Because right now they're just lackeys for old man, Matt Hardy. So I don't know, but Hey, and if their gimmick is weed, like lay into that something, if it's something right, if it's, you know, I don't know how far we can get into it, but like, if you want to do pills, do pills, like, but you know, do whatever the drug is, but like, if that's what your gimmick is, do the drug. I guess is Let's not do saying. pills. <laughs> ah, whatever, do whatever you want. Uh, you know, we don't fact check here. Do whatever you feel. Hey, um, but hey, we keep saying that. I want new listeners and new and new viewers to understand. We encourage everyone to fact check as much as possible. We fact check other things outside. Of it's here. pro wrestling. But yeah, the is, last thing you should be show. Yeah. yeah, the last thing you should be fact checking is 
grown adults in their underwear play fighting. There's yeah. other things fact more check important. Your political stuff, fact check your new stuff, all fact of check that. your surroundings. Right? Yes. <laughs> don't don't vote for Trump. Uh, you know what I mean? That okay. Kind of stuff. Fact okay. check. Okay. Fact hey. check. Fact check. Fact check. Do whatever just you got to do. Just not but, here. But just not here. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Right, right. Now on with the show. Yeah. So. Um, after the Matt Hardy runs up to the uh, to the ramp, and we end that segment. Then MJF comes out, and he says, "Well, he doesn't come out, but we get an interview from him, uh, and he's uh, looks like at a bar, and he talks yeah. about how he's uh, outsmarted the inner circle, and it's basically this was I thought a little bit of a misstep because this was all MJF addressing Jericho, and I get it to a certain extent, but." On this night, you're facing Sammy Guevara. And at the end, he does say, like, Sammy, you're the future, obviously, because I'm the right now, and I'm going to beat you up. And I get that, but, like, two-thirds of this promo was just Jericho. Next week, I'm going to give you the demands. It's like, hey, man, you got a pretty big blood feud tonight. I wish it was focused a little bit more on Sammy Guevara. But, regardless, what did you think of this promo? Yeah, I mean, the promo is good. He is good at what he does. It's a good promo. But, again, it just felt like, well, this wasn't necessary. Like, uh, this time could have went to something else maybe with without – I mean, this story – it didn't really advance the story even though it was a good right. promo. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we could have got Chris Jericho on commentary saying, just got word from Tony Khan that next week MJF wants to give me the stipulations for a match with him. And then that's could have – it could have been done that way. But – that's just me nitpicking here. Yeah. Uh, after the commercial break, we get Andrade backstage being interviewed, and he calls out Matt Seidel. So we're going to get Matt Seidel. We kept calling him Matt somebody or something. Matt <laughs> something. Yeah, yeah it's Matt, Matt something. something. And that's good. I like the arrogance, egotistical yeah. Andrade Ilado. Is I think how you say him? El Idolo. Uh, Idolo. Uh, Idolo. Idolo. Yeah, El Idolo. Like El Idolo. Idolo. El Idolo. Uh, I like saying that. Yeah, now. that's exactly it. Yeah, that's what he. Yeah. I think that's hey, how I he intended it. Yeah. Uh, Idolo. Yeah, that's the English translation. I can't say that too <laughs> loud though, because Papa Shango. My, Papa uh, Shango's get, gonna get pissed, and you know he can. Got. I gotta be quiet. Um, Double so anyhow, charge. Andrade will be facing Matt Seidel next week at Road Rager. We'll see how that goes. Now let's get into Road Rager. I don't know. I don't. I I'm don't not feeling the name. I don't like this name at all. Look, they've had some fun names. Name it this one, ain't Miami-ish. But I don't yeah. know that I like this. Yeah, this just sounds like you're angry in traffic. Sounds vaguely like weird sexual, like the like the blade would be into this. Oh, I bet you he is. Yeah. Butcher watching. Mm-hmm. Hey, so let's get into my favorite segment of the night. Well, it wasn't my favorite match because it wasn't a match. It was an in-ring interview. Tony Schiavone. Brings out the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, mm. Kenny Omega, looking like 2005 Triple H, yeah. as you mentioned. Now, Kenny was that Omega. His goal? Was that what he was trying to do? I don't. I who so. knows with these dorks, right? They who didn't take knows? a lot of these shots, right? So, Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if he was like, you know what my uh, goal here is? Is to look like Evolution Triple H. Wouldn't right. have shocked me. But Kenny Omega essentially says, hey. This company has the best merch seller in Orange Cassidy. Beat him. Has the best high flyer in Ray Phoenix. Beat him. Has all of these amazing people. Has the best rising star, Jungle Boy. Beat him. There's no one left for me to wrestle in AEW. Got all these other titles. I'll go defend them. I'll still be here. 
But when someone's worthy of me, uh, you know, getting back into the ring, that's when it'll happen. And then the Dark Order comes out. Oh, yeah. shit. Oh, shit, Tim. The Dark Order comes out, and Kenny Omega immediately dismisses them. Of course. What are you, what are you dorks doing? Yeah. None of you are even in the top five. And Evil Uno says, oh, yes, we are not in the top five. But we have a friend who is. <gasps> and Kenny Omega, to his credit, doesn't play dumb. But yeah. just pokes the bear a little bit and says, if this is the person who I think you're talking about, I don't think he has the guts to fight me. And we just leave it at that. Kenny Omega walks out of the ring, gives us a good night and all that stuff. Dark Order just stands there kind of waiting for something. And Tim, it's starting. Oh, yeah. it is starting. How excited are you? Uh, I'm super excited. I'm assuming you're going to get to the next follow-up portion of this later. So I'll leave that to you as you're going chronolo chronologically through the show. Um, <sighs> uh, but my heart started going a little pitter-patter here. I was like, oh, it's happening. Oh, it's And it's playing out like we thought it would, too. It's this, like, it's this... Low self-esteem millennial cowboy shit. It's not <laughs> God, I love it so much. Okay. So again, let's go back into chronological order. Um, after the commercial break, we're going to get back into it. Yeah. But after the commercial break, Brian Pillman Jr. cuts a promo and is basically saying like, hey, you're delusional, Miro. Mm. I had a rough childhood. I know who my family is. You tried to beat up my family. I'm beating you up. Well, didn't work out for him because we went right into God's favorite champion, God's Miro, favorite champion. That's a good taking line. on Brian Pillman Jr. It wasn't a squash match, no, but it was close. Miro does this well. Miro really does this well. Well, he where he dominates an opponent, but lets them get in these like little like, ooh, I got you real quick, and then I'm gonna get you again and again and again, and then. And then I'm going to come get you again and just whap back away across the ring. And they're like, oh, fuck. And then it's Miro, 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 Miro again for a while. Um, he does that really well. Well, you get these like slivers of hope. You're like, oh, he can pull this on. Nope. Nope. Yeah, nope. Yes, that is actually a great point because what he does even better than the typical you get some offense, I get some offense, then I win the match is the offense so far that a Lance Archer or in this case, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. gets is still like from underneath. It's mm -hmm. all these like roll ups and oh, I got you with a big finisher, like out of nowhere kind of stuff. It's not, hey, now I got Miro in the corner and I'm working him over. It's just these little, like what you said, these little glimpses of hope for the baby face. And then Miro's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, what are you doing? He just goes into Hulk mode. Yeah. And then and just, just fucking kills the guy. Right? Yeah. You don't think he can fuck him? So, yeah, like, fuck him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and, and the Pillman interview was, or promo, you know, was good. And his Fantastic. performance in the match was good. I, I came away really impressed with all of this. I, I tell you what, and I don't mean to shit on uh, Griff Garrison or or the, the cheerleader. I want to see just Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah. I want to see him. I, I don't know what I'm looking for necessarily. Like, I can't pinpoint it, but I want to see a little bit more grit. I don't think it's been found, but it's. Man, you, you get the feeling that, like, if it does, we could I be think, looking at a star here. 
Yeah, because I think in, in his promo before this match where he talks about how he didn't really have parents, right? He had Brian Pillman, who was on the road all the time. His mom, and, as and, we found out, out from there. Dark Side of the Ring. Well, yeah, and his mom from Dark Side of the Ring wasn't necessarily present all the time either. Maybe going into, not Eddie Kingston, like where it's that every man coming from the other side of the tracks, but a little bit touching on that. You know what I mean? A little bit of like, hey, I'm fighting for everything I have. And Maybe that's what we're missing instead of varsity blondes. Cause that just doesn't translate for me. Yeah. Anyhow, now let's get back into it. Hey, before After you do this, that. Yes. We got to give another shout out to big Josh, our beer sponsor of the week, the Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week, which got a snub on the, <laughs> on the WWE <laughs> top 50 tag teams of all time. No Slater Gator. No, that, that list was all bullshit, by the way. <laughs> if you read that list, that list was fucking bad. That was so bad. But at any rate, I'm not even a list guy, but I looked at that and I was like, this is terrible. Well, okay, but you know, it was only WWE. So like Harlem Heat didn't make it because sure, Harlem Heat right. wasn't it. Okay. But I even just wanted... that, it just still like the order of some things where you're like, this was like 10 over these. And, and yeah, it was just bad. Just real bad. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I have. I don't even have a problem with hearing the new day as number one, especially from like the company. Oh, great, fine, but that's like the fabulous. Again, like that's not a tag team to me. When you let them switch in and out, it was like three or four different comedy or how many yeah. <laughs> combos mm-hmm. you can have of tag teams out of that. Somebody do the math. We're not fact checking here, goddammit. it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah I so, do know what you mean. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Big Josh though. The beer sponsor of the week, Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week. If you Slater want to be Gator. the Slater Gator beer sponsor of the week, you give us some money. It's that goddamn easy. You go to table.net. Do you want to feed me mm-hmm. via beer? Yeah, Tom hasn't had anything to eat or drink until nothing. this because Big Josh gave so him great. some money. We lost. Well, I lost a bunch. Tom apparently lost almost everything on. All of it. Yeah, on this MJF <laughs> coin. So, SpanishNounceTable.net, there's a PayPal link. If that's giving you any troubles, hit us up, Table Show. Uh, at gmail.com or we're at table show on Twitter. Uh, we'll help you get us money. We'll stop everything and we will give you any kind of details needed to give us money. And you tell us what kind of beer we need to get and we'll see if we can get it. If not, we'll, we'll keep fantastic the money. We'll get choice. some other beer and we'll figure it out. Yeah. But this is a fantastic choice. This purple haze, raspberry lager and big Josh, I heard can make the greatest time of any trucker uh anywhere on any route right like if you told him he's got to get from la to new york he's gonna beat anybody's time by 15 percent. big josh has given me life he has mm-hmm. there's no other compliment give, yeah there's no other compliment i can't give him any other life i can't give him any other compliment other than he's yeah. given me life so uh thank you, you so much if you want to be complimented too if you want to hear how great we think you are and you are great i mean you're not you know mjf is better than you and you know it but you know, if you want to be great like Big Josh, the Rebel Trucker, one of the greatest of all time, uh, just SpanishDownsTable.net, become the beer sponsor of the week, and we'll we'll tell everyone how great you are, how great you smell, how great of a human being you are. You might get a you might get a day named after you in the Spanish Downstable universe. I will let people know how great your ass looks in those jeans, and they do, and they do, Big Josh. So. They do. Big All right, let's Josh, get back into it. <laughs> Brian or uh, Marvez. Marvez. No, yeah. Marvez. Hey, Marvez is growing on me. I mean, like, I don't like Marvez, but I kind of like that Marvez is around. 
Well, are you catching on AW Dark and Elevation his promos with Joey Janela? Mm-mm. Oh, they're great. They're going to titty bars all the time. And like Joey Janela's upset because Sonny Kiss left him and he's just frustrated. Use that line if you know what that is about. Uh, he goes, I'm just frustrated. And Marvez gets him to go to the titty bar. Love it. It's great. Or maybe it's just a bar, but they kept uh, yeah. on calling it nips. I, I want to so get an unfrustrated shirt. I think he's selling those now. Like, yeah, he does. Oh, it's God. fantastic. So Marvez is backstage. Fact check. Let's get Do back. your fact checks. Yeah, not here. Marvez is back backstage. So let's get back into our my favorite segment. Oh, Marvez, so but he's talking to the Dark Order, and he's like, "Hey, Dark Order," uh, and doesn't even get a question in because Hangman Adam Page just runs in and shouts, "Why did they do that?" He called them stupid. I mean, he was and like, "You like, so stupid!" Like he was mad. This yeah, wasn't like like, "Hey guys!" Like he was like, "Hey, hey, what the fuck?" Why did you talk on my yeah. behalf? And yeah. then he even says, do you think I'm scared yeah, of Kenny Omega? Uh -huh. And then I think it was Colt Cabana who yep. said this. Yep. But he's like, no, we don't think you're afraid of Kenny Omega. We think you're afraid of failure. <laughs> and it was like <laughs> that. It was like, bam. Oh. And all the things they said, like he was like, hey. It's okay to fail, Adam. Like, it's really okay. You know, and they were like, yeah, it's okay, dude. And he was like, when I failed, you hoisted me up on your shoulders. You know what I mean? And braided me around. like, And, like, all those things. It was so, like, non-toxic masculinity, like, positive bro stuff. It was uh, great. It was it great. It was the best. And they said, yeah, the dark, the whole Dark Order said uh, they're proud of Hangman Adam mm. Page. And they believe in him. And they just left him with his own thoughts. They're like, hey. We know you got yeah. this. And they like, just come on, left. dude. You got this, bro. Like, yeah, you know what oh, I mean? Like fist bump. Yeah. Like, hey, hey, don't even trip, bro. <laughs> like so man, right? Great. Yeah. So and then great. even uh what, what you know, one of the one of the fourteen guys there, the one with the long hair, you know, he stopped and had some parting words on the way. It was like he was the final guy who was like, dude, you've got Reynolds. You know? Alex yeah. Reynolds. Yeah. Like yeah. I just yeah, I love how all that played out. And it's exactly what this hangman character has been from this whole storyline. The most relatable babyface in all of pro wrestling and how wholesome is the dark order <laughs> i love him i love him so much i want so, i'm so way, glad i have a did dark you hear order the shirt. story of that like the reason negative one hadn't been on as much is because his homework had been lacking and so his mom was like no he can't be on somebody said i saw on twitter they were like they need to do segments for like bte and stuff where they're like trying to help him with his homework but they just don't get it <laughs> you know what i mean they're like i don't know carry the two and they're like carry the two <laughs> you're right just say George yeah. Washington. Mm. What? Oh gosh! And they're <laughs> or, so fun. or full circle. Just say uh, Brody. Brody. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I love the Dark Order here. I love their like they're lifting up their PMA. Uh, for, oh my god! For Hangman, loved all of it. Loved all of it. Hey, in the chat, shout out to the chat. We've had people all in and out of the chat all night. So chime in with your thoughts, and, and we'll shout out, and make you famous ish. Indeed. All five All right, and a half so, people will know who you are. Hey, that doesn't matter. Those numbers are growing each and every week. Hey, so after the commercial break, we get a backstage interview with Team Taz. Although it's not all of Team Taz. Brian Cage is missing. Ricky Starks is missing. Taz says, uh, Team Taz isn't doing so great. So, like most brothers, we need to have these brothers fight it out. So, on July 14th, it's going to be Brian Cage defending his FTW World Heavyweight Championship against a returning Ricky Starks. 
I don't know how I feel about this because no one has been clamoring for the FTW championship. And I understand, and I understand that in Team Taz, whoever has the FTW championship is the de facto leader. So I get why Ricky Starks and Brian Cage would fight over this championship. Yeah. But it just felt like this was a throw in. Like in every every match Cage has had, they've done the whole like, here's, you know, Ricky Starks has the title. Oh, yeah. What the fuck are you doing with that? Mm -hmm. And so maybe it's like, fine, you want it? You want to be able to parade around and use it? That's a good Come point. Come fucking take it from him yeah. or shut the fuck up, right? Like, mm-hmm. And that's kind of what Taz led to. He's like, see, sometimes even in families, we got to fight to make things, you know, to square things up or whatever he said, right? He had a better line than I'm, than I'm yeah. you know, we don't fact check. Mm-hmm. Um, and But I, that's what I came away liking. I was like, I like it. I also like that, like, Hook said he was like, nah, this is like, I don't like this one bit or whatever. And Chris Jericho was like, hey, speaks. <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah. true. He doesn't say anything. At least that I've seen. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Team Taz uh, in inner fighting. We will see come to a head on July 14th. But before we get there, uh, it's right before the main event. So Tim, what time is it? Time for a women's match. Time for a women's match, and that's what we got here. It was the AEW Women's World Heavyweight Champion, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. And her best friend Rebel taking on Nyla Rose and Vicky Guerrero. Now, I like that to advance a storyline, we're getting our seconds involved, right? We're getting Rebel and we're getting Vicky Guerrero in there to just, you know, punch each other in the face. It's fine. No, I don't hate that necessarily. However, Dr. Dr. Britt Baker is the champion. And from all accounts, she's the top baby face potentially in the entire company definitely in the women's division everyone loves Britt baker right one of the biggest in wrestling maybe i mean like probably seriously so i don't know what we're doing here because it feels like she's the heel in this feud but she's getting cheered and nyla rose i feel like is supposed to be like this badass kind of like a Braun Strowman baby face where, you know, she just runs through all of the competition, but she's getting booed. And I don't know, like, I, I don't know what we're doing, man. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and I don't know if you saw uh rebel is out, uh, busted oh. out her knee on that or she couldn't even move. Pull the, to, yeah, yeah. Pulled the Kevin Nash and just threw out her fucking leg. And, and, <laughs> Credit to how they worked that out too. Like you know, I mean, I mean, you could see her like you know if you watch it back, where she was like yo yo yo, and like Stop. credit to uh, to um, uh, Nyla, Nyla for Rose. being able to just drag her and be like there you go, and get yeah. back into without you know jacking her up worse. Um, well, that's what made me like later on. We'll talk about a possible injury. You know, what I mean that, that I bought into because of that uh, with a with a leg and a knee. But um, yeah, Rebel injured there. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like. It was interesting. Again, we've got these kind of like heel, but yet it's just not working. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just, yeah, it feels like not 50-50 booking. That's that's the wrong term. But it feels like kind of like how on Raw, uh, Charlotte and and uh, what's her name? Who's the champ? What's her name? Uh, Rhea. That girl. Rhea, that's her name, Rhea. I was thinking Rebel the entire time. It's Rhea and Charlotte. (laughs) But, like, they're fighting, but, like, 
In that case, they're both assholes, and I don't want either one to win. In this case, I kind of like both of them. I kind of like Nyla Rose, and I definitely like Britt Baker. So it's like, stop and it. And I love Vicky Guerrero. Like, oh, I love great. Vicky Guerrero. Great. If I'm in an arena watching Vicky Guerrero, I am happily booing. But You yep. know what I mean? Like, I'm booing, but I'm doing it because I'm like, I love this. Yeah, <laughs> you know what it's I mean? the best. Yeah. It is the best. So I don't know where we're going to go with this. Eventually, I, I, I do think we're going to get a uh, Nyla Rose versus Britt Baker for the Women's Championship. But until then, I don't know. Uh, this was probably the biggest miss for me, but that's splitting hairs. It was still very good. And hopefully again, rebel, uh, fixes that leg, uh, well, gets rebel back on those was, crutches. I mean, she had, yeah, like that was the thing. Like she had just, ah, uh, you know, I like rebel a lot for whatever, you know what I mean? Like it, she, she's fun. Like, I think like, yeah, it, it, now that means like she can still be around and be there as part of the character. So she shouldn't maybe miss time in like that role that she has, but that sucks for her for like, now she can't get in the ring again. You know what I mean? Like, ah, that sucks. Yeah, the only thing I could think that maybe can solidify Britt Baker as the babyface and Nyla Rose as the heel, if we want to like do a double turn, is now Britt Baker is pissed that Nyla Rose hurt her best friend, and now she's a best friend getting you know revenge for her. Or we her. could get Rebel then, like, like as she's like, oh yeah, you know, like get her for me, and then whack with the back of the crutches. Oh. You know what I mean? But like this was your fault. Even in that match. Right. That would be good. I like that idea. All right. Now yep. let's get to the main event. And this was one hell of a match. Now, for longtime listeners, you'll know this new time listeners. Uh, we're not the biggest on moves. Moves don't necessarily matter. Right. The story is what matters. But I will say this. This was maybe the best combination in recent memory of both. There was. So listen. Like Ru crazy stuff. It's not and that moves was... don't matter. It's that moves alone that aren't moving the needle, right? Yes. Like it's it it's and there still wasn't a whole lot of this. Like I'm gonna hold your hand and 450 flip while you're just standing there watching me the whole time, not doing mm -hmm. anything about it. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to wobble because you had to make sure you. You know I don't have to act like I'm still hurt and dazed because you can't get your feet set right on the top rope. There wasn't a whole lot of here or that in this match, and that's mm -hmm. that's what we're talking about. You can still do all the dives. You can do all the amazing flips and stuff. If you time them right, you don't need as many of them in the match as most of these guys are doing. And this match showed that kind of stuff. Because Sammy Guevara got in some of those things. Because Sammy well, Guevara can do some of those things. And but, so did MJF. Of course. If you caught right? him, he's mm -hmm. a, I've never seen him do some of these front flips and mm -hmm. uh you know hurricane ranas and all that type of uh stuff right. thought that was great right um now let's talk about a couple big moves here uh what'd you think of sammy guevara coming up on the uh, turnbuckle and diving rvd style into the crowd that was fun it, that was amazing thought yeah. that was great um now let's get to the end here. Uh, Chris Jericho leaves commentary because Sean Spears comes out. Sean Spears obviously has beef with Sammy Guevara specifically. And um, Chris Jericho comes out, but that leads to Wardlow, who I guess was just sitting behind Chris Jericho the entire night, beats up Chris Jericho, throws Chris Jericho off the, the set, it looks like. Yeah, and then that like distracts that. Sammy Guevara. Well, was Jericho hurt again, or was that just a good sell job too? That was great. Maybe both. Yeah, Sammy Guevara distracted by Chris Jericho, then turns around, gets 
uh, well, how is your father to the head via chair shot from uh, Sean Spears? I love that and- Sean Spears looked like it was like a fucking like you know what I mean like it like he was fucking got, receiving a message from God afterward. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. was just like filled with the spirit from mm-hmm. hitting him with the chair. More of that. That's great. Yeah, I like this weird Sean Spears. The yeah. like dinner time Sean Spears, where he wanted yes. the wine. That kind of stuff. This stuff, like you're talking about, where yeah. he's if he has a religious like, experience after hitting somebody with a chair, you know what I mean? Where he's like, <laughs> like just yeah. looking up to the heavens, like like it's the fucking quickening from the Highlander. Like that's fucking great. Yeah, and so MJF, uh, because of the chair shot, um, gets the cover over Sammy Guevara. MJF is your winner. Uh, Post match, we get Wardlow and Spears raises MJF's hand. Uh, MJF blows a kiss to the injured Chris Jericho outside and that's our main event. Now let's get into what I think everyone left with it's cause again, it's not what you do. It's how you leave them. Uh, we left this episode with a fantastic recap of the pandemic era shows for AW in Jacksonville. They show the debut of Brody Lee, the debut of broken Matt Hardy, FTR coming in. The, the dog collar match between Brody Lee and Cody. Uh, they showed the stadium stampede, the street fight between the best matches, friends. Remember? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of them. But they've all, I mean, I don't think they've missed on many of them. No. Right. The, the best friends, uh, Santana and Ortiz street fight. I mean, all of these amazing moments. And it was perfect. I thought it was a just spectacular way to finish the episode to signify we're getting back on the road thank you for all of you who supported us during this time and then jim ross thanks the listening and viewing audience for watching wwe dynamite tim i just want to say this because i saw a lot of things on on social media chris jericho came to jr's defense jr even to his credit was like hey made a mistake there's no excuses but i'm not quitting gonna get better great right thumbs up hope you do get better and if you criticize jim ross right now you're not discounting all of his previous work Mm -hmm. you know there was a time when michael jordan played for the washington wizards and got benched you know why? Because he wasn't better than the guy that was playing the same position on the bench. So they substituted him out. And in this case, Jim Ross, I think arguably or inarguably is the greatest commentary commentator in pro wrestling history. But your time's come, pal. This isn't the first time we've heard you say WWE. You called Kenny Omega the WWE champion. This isn't. Look, man, you're in a competition like. You're not king of the hill. You got it. Mm. What do you think? What do you think, Tim? I mean, I agree. I, look, I, I still would not mind, um, like an occasional Jim Ross is calling a match. You know what I mean? I, I, I definitely love a good Jim Ross backstage sit down interview. Right? Like we talked about the mankind. Mm-hmm. Uh, one from back in the day, like th- he's oh he's good. done good ones in AW. He had a good sit down interview with uh, Britt Baker when she oh, hold on, Devil Vamp in the chat said, uh, but didn't he then buy the Wizards? So point, 
That's a that's a good solid point about the Michael Jordan. Like he got benched by the Wizards, but then he bought them, motherfucker. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, he doesn't play. Yeah. He wasn't playing. Like, I'll fucking show you, motherfucker. Yeah, well, yeah. The, the, I'll decide who plays around here, goddamn. <laughs> but to to my point here is, I think when people like say, "Hey, how dare you criticize Jim Ross uh, for for messing up?" It's like if it was one time, okay. But we've had very insensitive sexual comments made mm. about the female wrestlers. Yep. We've had a couple WWE mentions already, and we're not even three years into this. Yeah. I mean, I mean look, it just, I wouldn't miss him if he's gone is what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Like, and I just, it's, it, it does sound hokey and weird to anybody who's new, you know, who doesn't get it, who doesn't know who he is. You know, they're going to be like, what the fuck is this guy? It just, yeah. Well, I, it's just he sucks. He does go to telling the story, you know, in the match and stuff like that. Like he's not again one of the greatest of all time in what he did. He's good in spurts, right. and that's where I think to your point. If he did the backstage interviews where he sits down with Andrade or Britt Baker, fantastic. And if he wants to do the special match, for example, I remember early on in the pandemic when it was just Jim Ross by himself and he called an AEW World Championship match between John Moxley and Jake Hager. Mm. Perfect. Great. Love it. Do that and I love it, hey, but not you're being overused, bud. We uh, missed the Jake Hager and and Oh, uh, Santana and Ortiz. Yeah. yeah. Jake Hager's best fucking promo ever. It was well, like, I know produced. the bar is low, but like, yeah. well, and but it's produced, of, but he didn't like fuck it up once. And he, like, we don't know how many takes that took. It was good. Yeah, I was, it was like, good. God damn. Yeah. Like, it was good. good job, Jake. It was, it was good for a low bar. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was good for a low bar. Side note about Jake Hager. Uh, he got signed to fight, uh, one of the greatest heavyweights uh, of all time in MMA, Fedor Elmenlenko. Well, yeah, but. Fedor is 68 years old. The, right, yeah. so he's going to beat but, him. No, he's not. I think Fedor is going to win. You think Fedor going to win? That's what I was going to yeah. say. Like, is, is Hager ever going to take a real fight? Well, you told me this it's all is, been bums, right? Yeah, this has all been Kansas City bums he's been beating up. Yeah. Everyone from right around this area code, he's been beating the shit out Are of. Are you serious? It's all been fucking like KC. All Kansas City guys. Yeah, J.W. Kaiser. Let's get him from, on the show. <laughs> yeah, J.W. Kaiser is from Lawrence. Um, the fat... Uh, Whatever guy is from. I went to Lawrence uh, today to get this fucking show for you, you guys on the chat, and you all and all that. My damn modem broke, like physically broke, two hours before this show, and I had to drive 40 minutes one way to get it replaced and 40 minutes back the other way because they said, I don't know if the guy can get out by tonight. And then I got it up and running, got it ready to go, and guess who fucking called me, Tom? The guy who's like, I'm on my way. And I was like, get the, you fucking don't come here. <laughs> Look at Tim. Tim walking uphill both ways to get this podcast. Seriously, God damn it. <laughs> well, we had a fucking interview with Kevin Gill. I'm like, God damn it. I was like, I can't try to yeah. hot spot my way into this. Now I got to drive to Tom's. And I was like, God damn it. I don't know if Tom's yeah. ready for me. Nobody's ever yeah. ready for me without notice. That's true. And I wasn't home because I'm at Papa Shango's uh, That's right. Basement. Yeah, your wife so, would have been like, you get the fuck out of here. It's your fault. And she probably yeah. would have hit me. Probably sick the dogs on me. Joe would have killed you. Yes. Joe would have killed yes. you. Yes. I'm surprised she hasn't. She's probably waiting for the right moment. Um, anyway. So, yeah. Anyhow, that's our AW recap. Um, hey, we got a new chatter. Uh, at X0 
X81. What's up, guys? I don't know. Yeah. Hello, friend. Is that new? Yeah. Is that new? I don't think we've seen this person before. I can't recall it. Yeah. Look at this. We're making friends. We're making friends. And I'm on the run. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Kevin Gill, for being on the show. Tim, um, I'd love to talk about WWE. However, you didn't watch it did because you? Of, no, because of budget cuts, uh, the fee to talk about WWE on a podcast we can't oh, meet right. because of the MGF coin. I forgot you. Fucked that um, up too. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, what did you? Uh, I think you get like fifteen seconds for free. So anything that you lasting memories of no. WWE. No. Uh, so no. NXT, NXT, <laughs> no. Samoa Joe. All right. So they get the they get the stare down. Right. We've got we've got O'Reilly and, and Cole, and they're like, right. And then Samoa Joe comes out and he's like, don't do it, don't do it, right. And then O'Reilly gets the ankle lock, and then he's like, Joe, get him off me. And Joe's like, man, you know, maybe I don't, right. And then he walks out for a little bit, stares, and then he gets it. Yeah, I, I thought that that stuck out to me. Everything else is bad, right? I, we're getting sad, Corbin. We're getting Riddle's fun. I like Riddle, Riddle doing fun. this. This uh, I'm RKO while Randy Orton is out. I did like that. Yeah. Um, but that's all our time. Kingsuke so Nakamura. I love how uh, we had uh, fucking goddamn what's his? I can't remember the commentator's name off the top of my head. Pat McAfee. Pat McAfee. He gets the water bottle. Oh, Pat McAfee loves it. it. Goddamn it! Can we talk it. about? All right, no, we will. We will and tweet the table. So let's. All right. Anyway, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So we got Kingsuke Nakamura, but there's nothing really happening with that. Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know, man. Like anything else is just like, they, they fucked up Otis. They, you know, Kofi, I think is going to join the hurt business. The more they lean into that. Um, we got to go. Well, that's our time. So Tim, that's, yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, well, that's all we can talk about because we didn't oh. pay the fees this, this month. All right, so we'll move um, on to Tweet the Tables. And we are running out of time, too, because we had a long show. We had Kevin Gill, so I picked out three Tweet the Tables uh, right here. A reminder for everybody else, uh, use hashtag Tweet the Table on Twitter when you're watching wrestling, whenever you got a wrestling thought. Um, you know what I mean? Hey, Devil hey, Vamp says Devil Raw Vamp. was good this week, guys, seriously. I don't <sighs> I don't. I don't know that we share the same view. <laughs> I don't know. I like Riddle. I said that. I like Riddle. I like yes. Riddle. All the Riddle stuff was good, right? He's he's pretending to be Randy Orton. I love how you see how they snuck in a goddamn product placement for Burger King when Damian Priest. You didn't see it, or maybe you did see it. Yeah, you said uh, you maybe you watched with Pop Shango. And he says, uh, he's like, come on, man, we'll go hang out. Maybe Burger King's got the new Chiking. We'll go get that. I was like, you motherfuckers. Uh, oh, you worked a goddamn and, product placement into a promo. Yeah, and he tweeted it, and Burger King was like, "We love you guys." So yeah, they got they got the most out of that uh, shout out. Yeah. So let's get into tweet the table. All right, <laughs> all right. So use hashtag tweet the table on Twitter. We're gonna read it right here. You'll be famous at the Rebel Trucker says hashtag tweet the table. No, oh, normally I put up a graphic too, the picture of the tweet, but Tom's responsible for the bill for the graphics guy. I, MJF is responsible for the graphics because his coin should be going up. Tim. Yeah. So, at the Rebel Trucker, Big Josh, one of the greatest guys in the world. By the way, the the beer sponsor of the week who bought us this purple haze from Abita. Taste it, Tom? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this beer tastes like 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 world peace and children's laughter. This tastes like gold medal in your favorite athletic competition. Mm, it's so good. And Big Josh, the Rebel Trucker, is a great man. 
It's his day. Today's his day. He's a great man. Um, oh, do you think Priest will survive the commercial gimmicks, zombies, and the sort? Yeah. All right. What do you think of Damian Priest before we get in the tweet table? Oh, he's dead on arrival. Yeah, dead on arrival. I think he's good, and that's what sucks. Like, I think he's got some friend of the show. Stuff. Yeah, we had him on when he's punishment Martinez. Uh, great yeah. interview. Yeah, go back. And great interview. Not a video version, uh, but uh, audio podcast back in the day. Yep, absolutely. Well, we got it on our YouTube channel. We got the Cinco Perguntas on our YouTube uh, yeah, channel. Yeah, yeah. So you so can check you that out. There you go. Um, yeah, I mean, I just, I, I don't know, man. I Look, they could write a storyline, but I don't have faith in them to do that. Look, they just nah. had a fire writer that they hired because they didn't know anything about the fucking product. You're right. You're right. All right, let's get into that tweet the table. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. At the Rebel Trucker, he says, hashtag tweet the table. No! You know what he's upset about, Tom? Fondango got released. No more Fondangoing. Mm-hmm. Hashtag sad trucker. Mm-hmm. More releases. Odd, oddly enough, though, mm. Papa Shango plays that all the time here. Tyler Breeze. Yeah, he's still playing it. Yeah. Well, he's hanging out. You got Fondango hanging out there with you. Um Tyler Breeze got released, and that's a surprising one because he was like the de facto like trainer of uh, a bunch of the ladies, a bunch of the the female workers. But he has his own wrestling school, and you know who he co owns it with? Mm-mm. Sean Spears, mm, the chairman. Mm-hmm. Oh, so he's so going to be in AEW? Maybe soon enough. Yep. Maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I think those are the two biggest names of the releases, maybe of this go round. Right, Killian Dane. I Killian thought had Dane, a, a yeah. good future, but not not in WWE. Yeah, they just weren't going to do anything with that guy. I don't think. Yeah. And some of the some of the two hundred five live guys that I I like, but that's just because I've met him and talked to him and hung out with him. But like a Kurt Stallion, who we've had on the show before, uh, Retro Anthony Green, who I mentioned in the Kevin Gill interview. Uh, those two got released. I like those guys. I think they're good characters. Uh, Hopefully something happens with them. But yeah, as far as big names, I think it was uh, Fondango and um, and Tyler Breeze. All right, at Katie First Lady says this draft can't come here soon enough. Apart from returns from Becky and Sasha, we desperately need uh, women on both rosters and really some fresh faces overall. And can we have Keith Lee back, please? Hashtag, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and then hashtag Tweet the Table. Um, the draft is coming up, August. What do you think? Obviously, we'll probably do it like a mock draft and whatnot. You know, we, we yeah, like to do that. We we'll will. pick a we'll side. Yeah, we will. We'll have fun but, with that. Uh, um, I mean, look, look, any shakeup is necessary, but we know that it will just be a shakeup to be more of the same. Here's the thing. It's called Burnout. Uh, it's a professional term when, uh, you're at a, when you're at a place for too long and you start to think to yourself, God dang it. But you know what? We've got, we've got this new boss coming in next month. And then that's when things are going to turn around. And what you're doing is you're tricking yourself because you don't actually want to pull the bandaid off and leave. And that's professionally speaking, when you're at a job, when you should be leaving, it's called burnout. I believe at us as a viewing audience has burnout. But I think we have burnout with WWE because all we're doing is doing the, hey, hey, guys, guys, it's the draft. And then after the draft, it's like, hey, hey, but guys, guys, SummerSlam with fans. Hey, 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 guys, 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 guys. It's going to be WrestleMania 
with full capacity. And it's like, we're just trying to get to the next thing, thinking that the next thing is going to cure all of these eyesores. And they're just not. I think the draft is going to be fun for a week. And then it's going to be back to business as usual, where AJ and Amos are going to beat up um, street profits. <gasps> I just unfortunately feel like everything's easy. Like they just do the most like easy. The only storyline that has depth, thought out nuances and and like like twists. And, and I wouldn't even say there's a whole lot of twist to it is the Uso Roman Reigns storyline. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, but even that, it's like kind I said, of there's not like, a whole lot of twists. Now it's starting to get a little like all right, redundant. The same thing. So I just, it's all so surface level stuff, and I'm just mm-hmm. like, I, I don't. I'm, I, it's this, the opposite. This Riddle stuff is cool because again, he's like now trying to like channel Randy Orton. Randy Orton's gonna be like, why the hell did I ever make this decision? This is getting worse and worse. So like maybe there's that, but I don't. It's the opposite. If we were doing a pendulum swing here and on one side is the hangman Kenny Omega story on the opposite side is just WWE. Like you get rewarded. It's captivating. It's relatable. It has layers. And then on the other side, Hey, they don't like each other because uh, when they're doing a photo shoot, the other two were wrestling in the ring. Yeah. That's what we're getting. Uh, Devil Vamp brought up something too. Um, Tyler Breeze, he says, was huge on up, up, down, down too. So how does that affect the YouTube? I mean, obviously, yeah, I don't know if he'll they'll be allowed to have him on. Well, here's the thing: those people that uh, will be leaving up, up, down, down, come over to Spanish Out Table. We'll talk to you. Yeah, you can be on our show. Yeah, our show's just as cool. Just as cool. Just we'll as talk cool. About, we'll talk about all those new games: Tetris, Mike Tyson's yeah. Punch Out, all of it. Yep. Yeah, I heard, GTA. I heard there's a. Yeah, I heard there's a new game called Halo. We'll talk about Come some GTA and some PMA, baby. Come on. Yeah. Come on, Come baby. On. Where else are you going to get, get the GTA and the PMA over there on Up, Up, Down? Now? Come on. Come Power on. Positivity. You know you stole that from Kevin Gill. Yeah. You know you did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said because Paul Heyman is writing it. What's he writing? SmackDown? Yeah, I think he's talking about SmackDown. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is he writing the Usos Roman Reigns storyline? Probably. Probably. Is. He's the only probably. one who has the goddamn yep, death. Yeah. All right, last one, huh? Like, uh, let me find it. I almost put it away. Almost forgot, huh? Uh, one more time at the Rebel Trucker. He says, hashtag tweet the table. I think McAfee has been hitting the cocaine a little too much. Hashtag SmackDown. I love fucking Pat McAfee, and I'm worried when we hit the road we're going to lose Pat McAfee, and I don't want to oh, lose Pat McAfee. a million percent. So God do you watch his, damn it. Do, do you watch his YouTube no, show at all? I need to. So I do. Yeah, I do. I need to. Now, yeah. now I get it. You always told me about it. And yeah, I never watched, but now I get he's it. The best. He's yeah, fucking he, great. Oh. So he's great. He's way better on his YouTube show too, because he can just be himself yeah. and you know get be a degenerate. Yeah. I love it. But what he said. So let me take a couple steps back uh, before I get ahead of myself. So Pat McAfee does his uh, radio show or YouTube show, however you consume it, from Indianapolis. That's where he lives. He played for the Colts. He stayed there. Th- that's his. That's his bread and butter, right? Well, he wants to do that show Monday through Friday, but when he signed on to do SmackDown, he's like, well, what the hell? And the, the agreement was FanDuel, which sponsors Pat McAfee's show said, we'll rent a house in Jacksonville for you to be doing your shows Thursday and Friday. And then on Friday night, you'll do SmackDown Saturday, fly home Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you'll do your show or Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'll do your show Friday. You'll do your show in Jacksonville. Ooh, that's, that's how it goes. Lot. Right. 
Right. So, but it's easy because he has no kids, and so you know they just fly down, and he does a show yeah, in a rented week, house. Trying to hit a flight and shit like that. that yeah, it's on fine you. for him. Yeah, you know, he has a he has a YouTube series where he, he did he it talks football. About it. Yeah, pretty easy for him, right? Again, accustomed to it from the NFL things like that. Now, when they said, "Hey, we're going back on the road," instantly, uh, Pat McAfee's co-host and you know his crew was like, "So what's that mean for us?" And he's like, "So this is number one." That's what he said straight up. He's like, this is number one. Oh, I'm sure it pays him more than. And he even, he was even like, I got to at least do, he was talking already when they announced that they're going back on the road. He already was talking in these, in these terms of, well, I at least have to do one show in front of a crowd or at least have to hear this. So I would, I would expect, this is just me, uh, Tom's, you know, theories, Tom's theories here is that. We're going to get someone bumps into Pat McAfee, whether that's King Corbin or Baron Corbin, someone like that. And we're going to get a feud of SmackDown wrestler and Pat McAfee in a match. Pat McAfee wins or loses, but then he goes and rides off into the sunset. He gets replaced by Byron Saxton or something. And then there we go. That's what I think happens. We got to figure out a way to get jobs there because it's it's. Well, no, because they won't let you be yourself. That's the problem. Like for whatever, he's got the most leash anybody's had. Well, because he's the most popular. He he's the most popular outside talent that WWE's ever worked just, with. Like they need to take that lesson. Like it's because he's free to just be a personality. You can't create every personality because you're not fucking creating. Like I can't sit here and write. A hundred separate personalities that are going to catch fire, but those exist in the real fucking world. So you mm-hmm. go find them. You found this one. And like, I get it. You're going to lose him because he's worth more elsewhere and you're not going to pay that much. But like, allow the freedom to find the other ones who aren't worth more that it will take your money to do it and just let mm-hmm. them be the cool fucking guys in the room. Now, like, I still I think Pat McAfee is going to be this. This, you know, talent that comes in and out, right? A SmackDown and then maybe a SummerSlam and then maybe a Survivor Series. Like, I think he's still going to do this in and out with WWE. I don't think we're never going to see him after he does this. But I think as far as a commentator for SmackDown, his days are numbered. But that's, again, Tom's theories. Damn it! I want more Pat McAfee. I don't want to lose Pat McAfee. Uh, he says, I think, uh, this is X zero. He says, I, is it bad that I have such a hard time separating Byron from half of the other voices on commentary? Yeah. Byron's terrible. Oh, you know, who's terrible and I don't care. I'll, I'll fight anyone on this. Michael Cole is fucking dog yeah, shit. I do not, I do not care that he could do a promo for Burger King and then call a match. Here's why he's so fucking bad. Tom Phillips and Michael Cole there's no difference from, and right. they fired Tom Phillips. Yep. So yeah. that's all you got to know. Michael Cole, I, I've never liked him. Uh, you know, I mean, there was times I, I think when he did, when he was playing a little bit of heel the first go around with the Jerry Lawler thing, but like that got overblown real quick. The uh, best work he did was when he first started SmackDown but, with Taz. But Byron's just bad. Like, I mean, the Byron is like, I mean, he's not like, look, he can do what he's asked to do, and then they make fun of him. So, like, there's moments where, like, Corey Graves gets over on him. But, like, I just. I think Corey Graves is getting worse too. I don't think Corey Graves is as captivating as when he started. I think he's reached the JBL level where it's like I'm tired of hearing all these silly one-liner. Oh, you lo- you love Eva Marie? Okay. 
Okay, yeah, I get you, you new age I get, Jerry I get what you're Waller. There. Yeah, he doesn't like it's nothing that's sticking out to me. But you're right; he's not like the guy. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to hear what he says. Yeah, right. Yeah, not anymore. Yeah, the commentary game is bad lately across the board for a lot. Not Pat McAfee. Excalibur is good. Pat McAfee's good. Shabani, Tony Shabani's good. Love Shavone. Yeah. Uh, and Jericho, when he does his one-offs, are fun too. Yeah. Tammy the Tummy. Who? What is that? All right, I'm listening. We're gonna get out of here. It's getting late. Tom's got a. I don't know if he's got a cot there in Papa Shango's basement or whatnot. I gotta but, do um, favors, Tim. So don't talk about it. Yeah. Sorry about that, dude. Um, then I guess we will just leave you all with that and go back and listen to that interview with Kevin Gill. And reminder: uh, fact check when you're out of here and keep that positive mental attitude. The Spanish announce table. The Spanish announce table.